Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Owen. And our other host, Mark Gorski. How are you? I'm on cloud nine, Owen. I'm on cloud nine. Is it because we switched to a bi-weekly schedule and you feel reinvigorated? I am reinvigorated for more reasons than one today. Uh, I will just get that housekeeping out of the way. If you haven't been listening to recent episodes, we have switched to a bi-weekly schedule. Hence, the delay. But, now that that's out of the way, why are you on Cloud9 besides that, Mark? We got the Xenoblade 3 DLC. Oh, 90s. we did. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah did. we did. Um, I we, we talked about the structure of the show uh, beforehand, but we can we can mix it up a little bit. Xenoblade 3 DLC, Future Redeemed, on my fantasy critic team, earning me 90 whole points. Thank you for that, Mark. I, I knew... I wait, really, wait, wait. Not 90 whole points. Uh, oh, oh. 20 not, points, of course. And I was 90, thinking, I, that, yeah. It's actually, it's actually 21 currently on the website. But, um, mm. yeah, uh, 90 open critic score. Not 90 points for my team. But still, massive success. I was really pulling for it the whole time, Mark, because I just, I really wanted that to be the Xenoblade experience you deserved. Mm-hmm. And it was the one I deserved. I, so, so Peter's been talking shit, right? Because. Oh, well, I talk shit about a lot of things. Okay. About this specifically, about Owen picking Xenoblade Chronicles Future Redeemed. As if. I tricked him into picking this, and that's not oh, the case, Peter. This conversation. We're, we're doing it now. Now's the time. What I had said, I mean, the context here for listeners is that behind the scenes, I had told Peter, like, haha, I, I don't think Owen's really going to get anything for this uh, this pick as much as I love Xenoblade, because I had gone back to look at Torn of the Golden Country, the Xenoblade 2 DLC, and it, it did not have enough reviews to merit a... Uh, score for our draft you need a certain amount of reviews on open critic and i thought oh at the the time when i thought i was going to pick it i was like i don't know i don't really trust it i don't think it's going to and then especially when they announce it it's like oh this is like a couple weeks before zelda it's after star wars critics are just not going to have the time to bite into this dlc it's going to be forgotten in the eyes of the critics no way am i going to pick this and i it's not that i said i tricked Oh, and Peter, it's just that I thought, oh, there's there's just no way that's going to happen. I'm just going right, to, if let someone me wants to pick it. Because he's, he's making this a lot nicer than it really was. All right, so here's what happened. Uh-huh. He tells me, like, so Owen texted me about the Xenoblade DLC, and I try, and I made it seem like I was like, oh, I don't know. I think you should go for it, Owen. It, no. it could get you a lot of points. I mean, and Owen he was can... like, oh, but the last one never even got scored. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to let him take it. I'm going to let him take it. I mean, Owen can verify we never had this conversation. Yeah, no, the, I, I'm you, looking you back. Said he te- you, you told James and I that he texted you about this. You said no. that. Yes, you did. No, I James, never. No, 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 no. To James, you said, uh, Mark, on Sunday his garage, you said, yeah, Owen texted me about this. That's what you no. fucking said. No. This no, is I didn't. Oh, I, and, and also, I didn't I didn't text him about it. So. Then why did you? Well, again, the rest of it's still. Ve- now, in, oh, great. Now, uh, what's the point? He's going to derail the rest because I got one point wrong, even though I know you said this. He's going to derail the rest of what I'm saying. No. He made it see, because James can also attest to this, because he was there. He was like, oh, sorry. 
I, I got Owen to get this thing. I, I'm pretty sure I got him to have a zero because the last DLC was never scored. And I was just, I'm just annoyed now because now he's just completely changing what he said. When we're in the moment, when we're in recording, he always, you always do this. Whenever we actually go to the person who you're talking about behind their back, you are behind their back. You're like, oh, that fucking idiot. He has no I, idea what he's doing. I have fooled him this entire time. And then that, whenever we're in front of them, you're always like, I would never do that to you. You're my best friend. And I think I so think, highly of you. I think the closest thing I could have said that made you think that is that, I might have said something like, I got the one up on Owen, which is a bit of an exaggeration, but I will have it wasn't James, I will have him. James enter this fucking Discord call because you were gloating to us on Sunday about this. Well, at that point, it had already been scored, so I, I Sunday, no, what was it? What are you talking about? I really struggle to picture Mark drinking his Here drink with his pinky out yep. talking yep. about how he tricked me. Now, yep, if, he if, always gets away with it. If he was talking about how, like, actually, guys, we might not have something to worry about because Xenoblade 2 was never, that DLC was never scored, I could see him saying that, but I I struggle to picture this maniacal Mark, like, you touching his mustache. with each other every now and again. I do this all the time. I understand that. But you all have your moments, and whenever I get to point out, see, like, see, you're like this, too. You all just manipulate the narrative you all do everything you can to make me sound fucking insane. And it's just not true. This isn't true. He was gloating about it. He picked me up in the car. He, this was one of the first things we talked about. And then he brought it up with James. And he was gloating and smiling about how you got... Oh, my God. And you're not going to believe me. What's the point? You're not going to believe me. This happens every time. This happens every time. You could all... like. Mark could tell me that he, like, tried to burn your house down. And then I could tell you, he'd be like, but Mark would never hurt a fly. He would never do that. Mark, Mark, is this true? Like, I definitely was, I wasn't, like, pinky in the air, like you were saying. But I definitely thought, like, I watched Owen. I think I just watched Owen walk into, like, oncoming traffic. And I guess I could have stopped him, but. Not a chance, not for the draft. I think that's the attitude I had. And then, what do I have to gain by lying about this? What do I have to gain? What do I have to gain? What? What? How does my life improve from saying this? All it does, because how it's always gone, is you all think I'm a liar, and it's made my character look worse in the future. Well, so what do I have to you, gain by doing this again you, when it's always gone wrong for me? I think both of you are in the wrong because you were I can live with this. embellishing in some way because <laughs> I I don't think Mark ever would have said that we were texting about it because we weren't. That's not um, me lying. I I just don't know why he would he would be saying that. I didn't that, know why. That that's one doesn't why I remember that detail because it stood out to me. Um but also I'm willing to bet that Mark with a smile on his face thought that I was about to end up with a zero. I did. I definitely did. That's why I didn't pick it. Because I thought I was going to get the zero. <laughs> 21 points. Actually, no, no, no. You um, Now you're changing the story a little bit because I think it might have been in episode 100 or maybe before it. I don't, I don't know if it made the recording. Um, I asked if you 
like were i i think i might have asked on recording of if you weren't grabbing it for a reason and you said you just thought it wasn't on anyone's radar you went to grab it and then found out it was on my team let's see that was the part if there was any part of this where i said i tricked Owen, it was that and i lied about that because that was not the truth in that episode on my mind i didn't want you to know about the 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 zero or the potential zero because of that because then you might have dropped it that time so I just wasn't honest there. So that's okay. that's as that's as that's the most trickery that is in the. So so here. it's it sounds like Peter might might be winning this battle. Okay, thank you, thank you. Like what I'm not trick. saying like Mark had like his head, like his foot on like the head of a puppy or something. I'm not like trying to make him out to be like this mustache twirling villain. But there was a moment where Mark was like, "Oh, yep, oh, and I, I got like he tried to make it seem like he had gotten one on you, or just be like, oh, what an idiot Owen is for picking it. He's gonna have a zero. I can't believe this. This happened." I know this happened. He had this conversation with me two times. One with just me and him, and the second, James was there. I'm not making this up. Okay. I I, I actually believe Peter at this point. Yes! I wouldn't, though. If I were you, I wouldn't believe Peter. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um. Alright, well, we'll get back to League stuff, because it leads into stuff later on in this episode but we're gonna be uh, essentially crucifying xbox on this episode um we can call it the state of xbox 2023 we can call it the witch trials of phil spencer we, we, we can call it whatever we want but because there's gonna be thematic consistency let's get into what we've been playing we have a month of what we've been playing to catch up on because we didn't do it last episode uh, we don't. We don't have to talk about every game that we played in a I, month. I, Mark, I love you to death. You're my favorite person. I don't need to hear about your ninth randomizer. Like if like if you played five randomizers, pick three or maybe even two. You know, like I've got a few games. I'm gonna go like bam, bam, bam with my Ra- randomizers. Some. Randomizers and Pokemon ROMs are approaching Rocket League territory and Halo Wars too. But and Halo Wars too. Po- they're different Pokemon. It, rocks, if so. then then they're approaching one sentence territory. You confuse any Pokemon guys together, any of them, um, in this Pokemon realm I've been playing. That that sounds ethically questionable. Now, some of the combinations are definitely pushing it too. The people they there's some handcrafted combinations, and they knew what they were doing. Um, anyone want to go first? I think Mark should actually go first. That's that's my opinion. Okay. I don't have too much to talk about, if I'm being honest. Wow. I've really just played a couple of the same games. Uh, Hollow Knight. I've technically finished Hollow Knight. I've talked about it a little bit before, but I wanted to do some of the DLC because I realized I installed it late, and I also want to try to get the best ending, which means I got to get 100%. And with the help of the DLC, you get a little wiggle room because you have 112% total. You just need 100% for the best ending. You got to do a little extra thing. But I'm stuck at the the secret final boss. It's it's pretty tough. So I'll beat it eventually. But uh, Hollow Knight may be my favorite Metroidvania. Maybe second favorite. I'm not 100% sure. It's either that or Shadow. Uh, not Shadow. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Symphony of the Night. 
But it looks so gross. Does it though? Uh, no, no. I mean, I I understand the grossness because it's depicting bugs, but I do not think that Hollow Knight is uh, gross artistically. I, I think it's very beyond competent art. Um, I don't even think it's the bug part that ruins it for Peter. It's because it's like black and white and they look like skeleton people. Right, Peter? I just hate, again, I hate, I hate the colors, I hate the art style, I hate the look of the enemies, the characters, I don't like the environment, it's just, all of it's just like, ugh. Have I told you there's a really nice duck lady in the game? That does nothing. That she goes, nothing. you stand outside her house, you can hear her laughing, and then when you're also walking around, like, you get lost so easily in this game, but you have to find a guy in each area, he's got a map, and you know, you follow, like, a little paper, paper trail around it, you know how to get to him, but when you're in the same room with him, you hear him go, mm. he does a little hum, it's the, the most satisfying thing, when you hear his little hums, you're like, oh my god, I'm finally not going to be lost in this area, you'd like that, I know you'd like that, Peter, his little hums. Well, but we'll have to take your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about it. Uh, if anything, like I know I really like the game, uh, but I'm not in love with it. And maybe that's got something to say about Metroidvanias. But I definitely liked it better than every Metroid game I've ever played before. It has. It this simply just comes down to I like slashing more than shooting in these kinds of games. I'm, I'm surprised that Metroidvania just doesn't really seem like your genre at all. There's not one that I've like deeply fell in love with, um, and I've always kind of wondered why. Boring the will of the wisps, and it's calling for you. Maybe wisp. Um. Okay. What else you got? Um. Uh, I played Toy Story two for the Nintendo sixty four since last time, guys. How the wow. fuck did you even do that? I just we we briefly talked about it. When we finished recording last week, or during the episode, maybe even, and then I just downloaded a ROM and I just played it and beat it in four hours, because uh, it was a nostalgia game. I, w- I was very hit by nostalgia by the end of the last episode. Uh, talking about a couple of my picks because we we're playing some of the music too, just really hit me heavy. And then we mentioned Toy Story two, and I said to myself, "I've always wanted to replay this game. Let's do it right here." Beat right it now. in four hours. That's not a very long or hard game necessarily, especially because you know I remember most of it, so that helps you a lot. Remember I remember most of it. Oh, I did. I remembered most every level. I think there was two. There was one level I forgot, and it was an elevator level because you know the the elevator scene in Toy Story two when they're climbing the elevator. Mm-hmm. Also, the worst level in the game, second worst level in the game, because it's a literal elevator. Or multiple elevators you have to just wait for and jump and if you you fall you get all the way back to the bottom it takes a long time it's a it's very nintendo 64 older game but it was okay it's a game i feel like if people played it's it's not the worst 3d platformer in the world i was i was very happy with how much it uh held up but i don't have much more to say there the big one is xenoblade chronicles future redeemed the final chapter of the Xenoblade Saga, the final puzzle piece that we were missing, prequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And I I went into this, this being probably my most anticipated game of the year, Over Tears of the Kingdom, hands down. 
just because I love Xenoblade that much. And I went in with some mildly high expectations. And I didn't get everything I wanted, but that's okay because it was still really, really good. Answered a lot of questions because as much as I love Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the biggest disappointment is that there was just so many unanswered questions, blatantly unanswered questions, where literally there are scenes where characters are asking questions like, how do you know this? Why are you doing this? And then they just don't say anything in the story moves. I'm just like, oh, surely they'll answer that by the end of the game. And then they don't. And we get a lot of those answers here. A lot of very satisfying stuff. A lot of fan service for Xenoblade fans. It's a love letter to some past Xenoblade. And specifically, a love letter to Xenoblade 1 specifically. There's so much in there that they love to throw back. Point at old games. Some very, very specific throwbacks to Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Where people, if you just played the main story, you'd get a, a bunch of the references they're throwing around. But then... Some of the smallest details of a secret boss that maybe spawns only when it's raining is just thrown out there at some point. If you remember that, you remember that. A little bit of scenery, because the whole thing with Xenoblade 3 is that it's the two games' worlds mashed together. You get to go to an area you don't really get to visit in the uh, base game. Just a whole bunch of things thrown around. A lot, a lot of love there. Um, And... It's it, it was just a great package for Xenoblade fans. It's not the kind of thing I could highly recommend and be like, oh, it, if you're not a Xenoblade fan, this DLC won't speak to you. It's still a very good game. Xenoblade 2 had a standalone DLC that I thought was really good and not related enough necessarily to the base game. We're like, oh, you don't have to play the base game to play the Xenoblade 2 DLC. And it's a small single-player campaign. This one is just an extension of the series. This is linking all the pieces together in some way. You To play this is to get everything else spoiled in the series. One, two, three, everything. Um, which is nice. Which is nice that they just dedicated this, this last thing to the fans. And I'm very happy. The critics seem to like it with that 90 on Open Critic. It sucks, though. On Open Critic, if you go there, they have like a little tab on the side of the page that's the 2023 hall of fame the highest reviewed game of the year of course resident evil 4 remake and then number two at 89 high fact rush but we all know xenoblade 3 dlc right in between not an 89 yeah it's a real shame that hi-fi rush couldn't end up on any team because of the shadow drop nature of it yeah it's unfortunate thing that's also crazy peter i know you've talked about I mean, it's a game you'll probably talk about a little bit later. Uh, day one Game Pass game that maybe did not review very well. But another day one Game Pass game is the number four game over here called Cassette Beasts. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Just released. I never have, no. April 26th released. What? It's a monster collector game. Cassette Beasts. Okay. Yes. Sounded like peace. Uh, I want to see if I've ever seen this before. I don't know if I'd ever seen it. I only just saw it yesterday because a friend of mine, she's been really obsessed with it and showed it to me, and I didn't realize it was a day one Game Pass game. Oh, it looks like Pokemon. It is essentially Pokemon, but someone made it their own. Oh, this could be Joe's number one game of all time, potentially. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, he's uh, he's upset right now. I did briefly look at a, a group chat we have. He's going off on us, so we can look at that later. Um. 
for for those at home, uh, Joe's number one is Pokemon Black and White too. And, we and take Owen a and I disagree with it. <laughs> it's a popular Pokemon game within the Pokemon fandom, so I get it. I think I get it. Uh, no, but, you don't. No, you don't. I think, but, I, think um, I do. No, in fact, this is another case of you were singing a different tune off air. And now that's we're on not, air. And yes, it is. Just true. It's just not true. The, See, the Owen, phrasing, he does this all the time. Phrasing matters here. Um, He said the words. Story is good for a Pokemon game. I, th- I think that's that's all that needs to be said from Mark. Um. All right, you didn't play Cassette Beasts. Do you got anything else for us? I believe. Oh, oh my God, this is actually huge. I forgot to mention this. In the wake of Tears of the Kingdom, I decided to start uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, a game I've never played before. Oh, yeah, I I just forgot about it completely. I got stuck and fell off of it, and then Xenoblade came out, so I just. And it's really cool playing. I mean, a I'm not a big 2D top-down Zelda fan, but I am liking this. I have been liking it because it's weird playing a mainline game where I just don't really know everything about it. I know like some of the bigger things in the game, but that's not helping me solve any dungeons or puzzles. And I'm just blatantly stuck right now. I don't. I'd like to think I'll get back to it, but I don't know if I will. Uh, the only other thing I'd mention that I've been playing is that I lost a bet to somebody and I purchased Splatoon 3. And I've been playing the campaign also in the past month. What do you think That's of good. the campaign? That's good. It's They built off of Splatoon 2's DLC, which was a really good Splatoon single player. And they just kind of gave you a little bit more of it. I've never think, played the Splatoon single player. I probably should, though. It's a really cool, interesting 3D platformer. They just take the ink swimming, all the different weapons, because like uh, certain levels you have to use specific weapons, or sometimes it gives you a choice. Sometimes it'll give you like a choice of two or three weapons, and some of them are much harder to complete a level on, where it's like, uh, for example, there's like a rail grinding level. You have to shoot a bunch of balloons along the way. The easier one, it's like random splatter shot, which is like the assault rifle of the game. Like it's just rapid fire. But then the harder one is like the charger sniper. Can you beat this where like your shots have to count? You get a c- extra points. You have to use those points actually to kind of progress and explore further into the world. It's 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 very cool. I definitely recommend it if you're kind of curious. You like playing Splatoon and you want a new flavor of it, a single player flavor of it, and you like 3D platformers. Okay. That's um, a wrap of me this week, though. Peter, what do you have? I beat, I'm thinking of all, because again, it has been a while. I beat Astro's Big Adventure. Um, What? what? <laughs> the the PSVR Astro game? Big Adventure. Oh my As- god, I meant Sackboy. Sackboy <laughs> Big Adventure. I meant uh yeah, Sackboy a big adventure. Uh it was fine. It was good. It was a good platformer. Really nothing extraordinary. It was there was no moment where it's like, I can't believe I'm playing this. There was uh some missions that did make me roll my eyes. Like as a comparison, Rayman Legends 2D platformer had some 
uh, missions where, you know, you had to move throughout the stage when it was in sync with music, and I thought they were excellent, whereas the first one you get in this game is Uptown Funk, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And that happened several times. It was just, like, really, put like, kind of generic popular license music for, like, the rhythm missions, and it's like, I don't... I don't know, this doesn't feel right. I don't I don't like this. I don't like this. But I mean other than that, just there I never really found the game challenging. It's a very easy platformer, but it, it was fun, enjoyable. Uh honestly, that's all there is to it. Like there was no memorable music, I thought. There were there was a a story. I know, you know, it's a fucking 3D platformer. What do you expect of it though? It was, you know, Hugh Grant played the villain. I like that. He's a great actor. I was surprised to hear Hugh Grant, but I mean, it's it's probably I, better than majority of what if, Xbox put out in the last few years. If I'm remembering correctly, I I do think you have you had mentioned it before since you had beaten it on the pod. But I do want to add in one thing that. I I listened to a little bit of of kind of funny talking about underrated PlayStation games and they put this on the list and I I've never played it but I found myself questioning like is it underrated or is it just like perfectly rated I think it's rated yeah like I don't think anyone's out there saying like Sackboy Big Adventure is is bad no it's not there's nothing bad about the game it like again grand great looked great it was a good it was a solid 3d platformer it did what it needed to do but at no point was i like I, again what i there were, i don't know why there are times no i don't know why i mean to compare it to another first party game on the same console i feel like you compare it to, you compare it to astro's playroom and it's just like it's not even in the same warehouse i think astro was significantly better I, st- I will continue to think about Astro. I do not really think about Sackboy and Big Adventure. Speaking, again, I- speaking of other games podcasts, whenever I hear someone write off Astro as just a pack-in game... You can say it, who says it because it makes I know me who does. Well, Janet I, Garcia's Janet Garcia does, of Astro's does Playroom say. is annoying to me. It, it, it is annoying. I don't think she's the only one. I believe I've heard it on other podcasts as well. But she she is the most recent one I've heard say it at the very least. Um, yeah, I just that, that frustrates me. Like, do you know how fucking good this game is? You're like, oh, it's just a packet. It's not a game. I'm like, no, it's a game. It is fully a game. I don't know what you're talking about. Um. So after Astro, what do you got? Or not after after Sackboy after Sackboy. Yes, see, he did it too. But uh, after Sackboy, I tried Rise Son of Rome just for shits and giggles, and it was terrible. It was a terrible game, and we're going to be talking about it later. But I, I mean, because, and Mark, I remember you had said to me, whoa, what a launch game. So was Sackboy, and I thought Sackboy was solid. I enjoyed my time with Sackboy. I'm glad I played it. I got three, miss- uh, three missions in the Rise, and I was just like, what's the point of this game? Why am I doing this? The combat was just mashing buttons. There to okay. Here's the thing for every story. Here's the thing for every story. Okay, just stick with me. Stick with me. If you ever have like a brother, a sister, a mother, or a father, if that ever, if you ever like kill a family member in the first thirty minutes of a story, of a game, like a movie's one thing. With a movie. You only have, you know, movies are typically at most like two, two and a half hours. So killing them half hour and you've got to be with that character for a bit. 
But if you've got like a 10 hour plus experience ahead of you and you kill like a family member in the first 20 to 30 minutes, it's mostly not going to land. And then like, cause obviously that happens at Rise. I don't care if it's a spoiler, it's a shit game. And then they try to have that be like the emotional thing. Like, oh, I don't know his, I don't remember his name. So I'm just going to call him Rise. Rise, his family was killed and he's really upset about it. It's like, but I done. I don't give a shit. I knew them for 10 minutes. They didn't really come off as characters or really have any like arcs or emotional beats or character beats. It was just, I am a father. I am a mother. That is a sister. That's all it is. I think, I think there are some games that have an exception to this where the performances are so well done and the writing is so well done. Or even when you have another family member for a short amount of time who kind of mostly serves as a plot device. I think Last of Us is a great example. Where, when that happens, you're only with that character for 20 minutes, if that. But, the, you know, Troy Baker as Joel is so fucking good that you understand the weight of the loss that happens. Whereas in Rise and Rome, it's just like, why do we keep doing this? And in many other games, stop killing family members and be like, see, this is writing. This is good writing. No, 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 you like this character because their dad died. It's like, no, I don't. I don't you, you have to blame Joseph Campbell, Peter. It's his fault. What? It's the Joseph hero's King. journey. It's true. This is oh. the hero's journey. Um, the mentor figure no, must but, die. No, but the thing is that is that uh, Joseph Campbell, as far as I understand it, knew how to tell stories. I'm not, I'm not quite sure Crytek with Rise Son of Rome was. No, this is true. Doing a great job <laughs> this at this. Is true. But um, I think it would even be interesting. I feel like I've never really seen a game do this. Of like. Say you start in a mission of like a uh, main main character clearly rage filled, violent level, action heavy, and then throughout the game, it's like I I wouldn't scoff at like flashbacks that like kind of in in segments kind of leak out like oh okay so. They're doing this because this person died, and then we get more flashbacks, and we get to see what this person was like and what your life was like before. Like, you could have a little bit more of a segmented storytelling experience that would give you that feeling of like, oh, why this is happening, but also not do the "Hello, brother." Oh my God, my brother is dead within yes. the first thirty minutes. It's just, again, it's just like, I'd rather you just not do it at all because this doesn't seem like a genuine attempt at trying to tell a story. This just seems like, look, we got a budget for a six to seven hour game. Uh, that's it. All right, we're going. And we're going. And we're going. I was like, all right, fine. Uh, the gameplay, the combat is just quick time events. Like we've already heard for years. It is just that. It's like it, you button mash a character a few times. Maybe you dodge it once if you even have to do that. And then you just hit Y or X if. And then they're dead, and then it just keeps you know, the level up. Like there's a like a like an upgrade system. I didn't understand any of it. That's uh, a very rare issue I've had in games that I've never really had before. I'm probably just stupid. I just feel like a lot of upgrades are like, what's the point of this? I'm not seeing any difference. Wait, I'm not noticing any difference. You're claiming you've never misunderstood an upgrade system? Okay, hang on, because <laughs> I want to. I'm not. I I'm. I feel like I've just heard like a. With this statement and this question, I feel like I've just I'm I'm walking along a bridge and a piece of wood just made a really loud noise and I'm scared to keep going forward. 
Well, no, keep going. We are here to listen to you and your experiences. I don't, I don't think I will. Well, I don't well, think no, I will. I'm just. I think I'm turning uh, around and hey, I'm going home. I don't want to go any the, further the, on this bridge. This I don't know what I just say. stepped on. I'm 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 not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shoot you ten times there. This is all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that we often have discussions of you misunderstanding this isn't systems. Dragon Age. Yeah, I'm saying we often have these discussions, and I just found it odd that you called attention to the fact that I rarely misunderstand upgrade systems. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you called attention to it. I had to call you out. We can end it here, though. It doesn't have to turn I into a dragon not call, conversation. I, you, you know, the way in my mind, I was more so disparaging myself in that sentiment. I didn't think, okay, whatever. No, all right, that's fine. Uh, Mark is just fucking like drooling at the chance to mock me again, and I can I can hear it. I can tell. No. I'm not going to give him what he wants. No, but... I'm only I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you made this work, Peter. Yeah, but uh, well, I didn't because I stopped playing Rise. But mm. yeah, no, uh, it's a it's a bad game. It, it's not good. I've uh, there are some Xbox podcasts I listen to that people were like, I love another Rise than Rome, and now I can definitely say, what the hell are you talking about? There's nothing here. Then I moved on to Advanced Wars 1 and 2, but I beat 1 so far. And it's another case, kind of like Sackboy, where it's like, this is solid, this is fine, at its genre and what it's trying to do. I've played better games in the genre, and I don't think I'll remember Advanced Wars 1 in the like you know months to come. But it was a solid game, you know, it's... <sighs> It is a good strategy game that does feel dated in some ways, especially after just playing XCOM 2 in March. There are so many just... My main issue with Advanced Wars is, oddly enough, an issue that Mark had with XCOM, but I think XCOM did it so well that I never really it never bothered me. And that's... Well, one, the overall mission format in Advanced Wars I found... Just I I found unsatisfying because there are a lot of missions where it's like, all right, this is the armor you have. You don't have any more. All right, now go with it. Then there are other missions where it's like you have these factories and you can take more factories on this map. You can build your army as you go, get more supplies. And those are the missions I prefer. And then there are the Fog of War missions in this game. And I think the Fog of War missions in Advanced Wars are fucking terrible. They're just terrible. Because in, in, in XCOM... You can be moving your units, and then you can find Advent, and then they'll all run around and move, and you will also have a chance to still react. It's not like your character is done. I mean, if you choose to have them like run for their full turn, then it will. But you still have you have two actions. You can tur- you can decide what you want to do. You can strategize. You can plan out. You know, counterattack. Whereas in Advance Wars, you move your character and in the fog, and then you know they. Their turn ends, they run into a unit. Oh, that's done. All right, that's over. There's nothing you can do for that character now. He's just dead, surrounded by enemies that you weren't sure were there. And I know you can obviously say, like, oh, strategize, strategize. But then there are some missions where they just don't come to you. And you have to go find them. So you have no other choice but to go running around in the dark. And then you do, and then you die for it anyway. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I, I feel like I'm being... I feel like I'm being disciplined for doing what seemed like the only actual response at the time. Uh, the music in this game is unremarkable and un- unmemorable. It's not bad. There's only like a handful of songs. There aren't that many. Each character that you play, eh, okay, I'll take back. There aren't that many songs because each 
each CEO technically does have a theme, but none of them are like, now this is like a classic Nintendo hit right here. I do appreciate the idea that there are different armies in this game from the different countries, and each country has different CEOs, leaders that all have their different abilities, so is that there is that sort of like customization and different strategies for each CEO, but... I didn't. I I didn't walk away from Advanced Wars One being blown away. Blown away by anything. I'm like four or five hours into two now, and there are some gameplay differences that I am noticing, and I do think are cool. I haven't actually fully played them and tested them out yet, so I can't tell you whether or not I like them. But Advanced Wars Two is going in different places that one didn't, and I, I I appreciate it more. But so far, Advanced Wars is good. I'm happy I'm playing it. It's another it's another Nintendo franchise I now have under my belt, but I'm not blown away by it. I spent. I mean, especially with, a, like, another Nintendo series, uh, even a strategy series, Fire Emblem, one that I love. I do think right now Advance Wars doesn't hold a candle to my love of Fire Emblem, but hopefully 2 gets better as I go along. Um, It sounds like it's a B-tier Nintendo franchise. Yes. And that's okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, it's still good. I'm not like, this game fucking sucks. I'm enjoying myself playing it. I can find myself... Again, there are moments where I can't put it down. I'm getting addicted to gameplay. I am real. I am really enjoying it. But I'm not like, wow, this is a Nintendo classic right here. It's like, nope, this is a solid Nintendo game. And I'm glad I'm playing it. But I'm not... You know, I'm not telling everyone you have to play Advance Wars. I think I could get James to do it. I think he would like it because he's a strategy game, not like me. But if you're not, if you're someone who's not really into strategy games, this isn't going to be the game that I think is going to change your mind on the genre. Um, Advance Wars One tagline for fans of the genre. Um, well, I I I think there's a tinge of disappointment hearing that because like the when these games originally came out came out, they were reviewed like extremely well. So I thought there was a possibility that. It could be the kind of hidden gem Nintendo thing, but uh, as we established, B tier. They always kind of treated it like B tier, seemingly. Um, so I guess it's not too surprising. Uh, is that all you got? It's all for me. I actually, I think I only have two games to talk about. The first one I'm going to talk about is a member of my fantasy critic team. I got the indie game Chia, which I picked up for the passion of it. I thought it looked like a really cool mm-hmm. game. Um, and then I, I put my money where my mouth is and I bought it and I've played a few hours of it and not too deeply, mainly because pretty early on i started getting the impression that like this is a nice game i like a lot of what they're doing but i don't like what like the the main mission structure of the game is because ultimately chia is a collectathon that wants you to run around these islands and you get to shapeshift or uh, you get to take control of like animals and stuff and you can get around the island that way and a lot of breath of the wild inspiration there's stamina climbing there's a glider the ability to take control of animals or objects is very cool it's fun to roll around as a rack or swim like a swim like a dolphin but 
once that novelty wore off, it's like, okay, I'm looking for all these things. I can, I can seemingly only find trinkets, but I can't find pearls anywhere. And, and in order to complete this mission, I need three pearls and two trinkets and five coconuts or something. And that loop just isn't exciting. I wish it was, um, but I I just kind of ultimately wish that they went in a different direction or had slightly more designed levels if it was going to be a collectathon instead of just like running around these nice looking, uh, like somewhat satisfying scenically islands. I like I they give this whole nice message as you start the game that that this game is uh it's made as a love letter to i believe it's called new caledonia which is an a series of islands off the coast of australia and the dev team is from there they made this game inspired by those islands and i think that's great and i really like the setting overall but ultimately i needed a little bit more of a focused game here in order to enjoy it because maybe I'm just not far enough, but my goal seemingly is go to a camp. There's a person there, get the objects for them. That person will point you in the direction of where the next camp is. And then you get the objects for the next person. Like if, if there was similar to breath of the wild it's like you know you know that there's ganon's castle and you know that there are four divine beasts you can take it on any way you want and a lot of this game is exploration but you know that your your north stars are these big central locations on the map and i just uh i i may not have gotten to that point in chia but i also kind of don't think it's there uh, so all in all, my opinion on Chia is nice game. I don't regret spending my money on it. And I also plan to get a little more mileage out of it, but the reviews, let's see what my score is at on here. It's a 77 on open critic. And that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Do you think it should be any lower or higher? Or do you think that's perfect for the game? I th- I I think that's kind of perfect because uh, could I see a world where someone likes it enough and and they think it's an eighty? Of course, and I I could see a world where maybe I even think that if I dive into it more. But my impression so far is that it's just a little too empty. Uh, I I hope that this dev team gets another shot at it though and they can take some of these mechanics and translate them to another project because I I do think there's a lot of fun to be had with the gameplay mechanics. Now, another game I've been playing. Uh beat it right right before the podcast. I always beat my games right before the podcast. Uh Resident Evil 4 remake. This game Oh shit is awesome uh got a 92 on open critic i think it's deserved i don't think it's all um uh, rose tinted glasses um 
I kind of devoured this game. As we've documented on the podcast, I was dabbling in the old Resident Evil 4. I never really made it that far in that game, um, which is surprising because I always felt like I was moving along and then playing the remake, I realized like, oh my God, I like... I didn't even make it out of the first area. I didn't even realize that it was split up into areas like this. Um, I think the main takeaways from Resident Evil 4 Remake is that the story is stupid, but in really charming ways. Because literally the story is that the president's daughter has been kidnapped by wizards. And your main character says some stupid catchphrases. And my initial thoughts playing it is the GameCube version, it all it all works seamlessly because the the graphics are dated and a little goofy in their own right. Um I, I think back, there's this one moment where you you find yourself in what appears to be the bedroom of the, of the head wizard guy. And he just has, like, goofy portraits of himself. And on the GameCube, it just looks hilarious. Like, the guy's, like, GameCube face in a frame. Did you ever beat it on the GameCube? Or no, no, I, I never did. Um... And there, there's a famous thing of when you start the game, there's a big village fight and eventually uh, a bell rings and all the enemies just go away. And, and Leon goes, where's everybody going? Bingo. And they like keep stuff like that. It's all stupid, but it's like campy and charming. And it's it's earned the right to be a little stupid. Um, But that's not to say it's not entertaining. Um, if you're, if you're going into this expecting like, oh, well, this game is highly regarded because it must have a story on par with the last of us or something like it's not that it is a story that is simply good enough and also charming enough. It's the gameplay that really sets it apart. I think this is. My favorite third-person shooter since Returnal, only they're completely different games. Uh, While Returnal is obviously super fast and kinetic, Resident Evil 4 is pretty slow plotting. These enemies all... There's like an insane amount of enemy variety, and some of them are slow, which adds to tension. Some of them are faster, and they're, they're combining really well to... Uh, come at you in challenging ways. Uh, all of the weapons I found fun to use. I've, I've really actually only scratched the surface with weapons after one playthrough because I could only afford so much. But um, I think there's a lot of flexibility to play this game in different ways, and that's kind of the point of it. You're supposed to replay it. Um, I, I, think, I think just general combat is super engaging. Uh, production value. I think this game looks awesome. Uh, I think it plays great. They find the perfect middle ground of making this a more modern feeling game, but making sure that 
you're not moving around like it's Returnal. You're not going to be uh, playing this at the speed of, of Fortnite. Uh, you are a slower character. Your movements are somewhat in, imprecise. And that has to be the case because that's how the original was and they're trying to recreate the feeling of the original. I think they do a great job at that. Uh, the only areas where I think production value drops off a little bit is uh, the water in this game just sucks for no reason. Like really awful Xbox 360 looking water. Not that much of a problem, but it's noticeable. And when this game wins game of the year at the end of the year, are you going to be excited for that? Or do you think it's going to be the death of the industry? Well, I don't... I don't think a remake should win game of the year. In general, I actually don't think this should happen. Um, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too offensive. I really think it's a great game. Um, the other thing, production value wise, is I mentioned how campy and kind of goofy it is. I found at the beginning there was a little bit of a disconnect with having this really slick and dark presentation to everything. It seems like they're really going for it to be like pretty scary. Um, and it is scary at points, but then have Leon say some goofy, stupid things. Like I felt the disconnect early on, but as I kept playing the game, I was a little more forgiving of it. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying where on the, on the GameCube, it just worked a little bit better. Like when you, you you find the bedroom in the remake and all of those portraits look a little more serious. They seem like less of a joke. Uh, maybe that's what they, they were always meant to seem serious. And just with modern eyes, I look back at it and, and think that the original looks hilarious. But, uh, an initial disconnect there, but I ended up getting over it. Uh, I think the number one thing for this game, though, and I can't offer you whether it's one-to-one or not. I know some of the things are at at the very least shuffled around in this game compared to the original, but the level design is just awesome. You know, in every single chapter, they're going to have like one to three different areas in that chapter that are either huge, like huge combat encounters in a cool area or some sort of combination of like, you got to try and uh, solve what I think are pretty good puzzles. You got to try and solve this while a combat encounter is going on um, or just, uh, in general, the amount of like branching paths they have to things and secrets there are to discover in the areas, I was really impressed with it. Was, I just found it fun the whole time, and and typically in games that I've played like this, and I I think something like The Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two are included in this, where I reach a point where it's just like, okay, like I. I don't want to fight this powerful enemy again just because we're getting to the end. It's like I, I actually just want to keep it moving because I'm kind of over the gameplay. 
I, I never really got over the gameplay in this one, and I'm I'm still not over it. I'm actually thinking because we have a little over a week until Tears of the Kingdom, I'm not going to start another game uh, before the pod. I, I just immediately started my new Game Plus playthrough, and I, I was actually late to our recording here because I lost track of time. Um, I am really looking forward to taking everything I have upgraded, start going through the game at a faster pace, uh, and not watch every cutscene or anything and start like racking up money and buying other weapons and upgrading them a ton and just going through it over and over again, because I think it's fun. Um, I have one, I have I have two moments that I want to say about the opening village fight in this uh, iteration of the game. If you don't want to hear it, I mean, it hit the 30 seconds like a couple times. Uh, it'll, it'll take me like two minutes to say this. The first one is the most spoilery, so uh, skip it if you so desire. But really cool detail... That they added in, and it's meant for New Game Plus because you really shouldn't, you won't have a long enough range weapon to do this in your first playthrough. But this overwhelming, this overwhelming village fight in the beginning ends when church bells start going off, and then all the enemies go away, and then you get the title card, and and that's kind of represents the beginning of the game. This fight is intense especially when you don't know what's going on there are enemies everywhere there's a chainsaw guy it's pretty scary uh and you have the initial impression that like oh my god i have to kill all these guys the cool thing that they add for new game plus when you have a long range weapon is you can get on one of the roofs of the houses and snipe the church bell and just end end the battle it's like did you sequence try break. that on your own is that idea you came up with or did you no no i i heard about it on a podcast but um i just i love finding out when games let you sequence break like in metroid um and i i don't know if there are more things like that in this game but i just think that's such a cool detail um and then the other cool detail, the first time I did that village fight, that was really representative to me of like, oh, okay, like this game is is doing something different right now. I was really struggling. I had these mobs of enemies coming after me. I'm running out of ammo. I kind of found my route that I was running to like just kind of delay time because i knew that eventually it would it would ring out and i'd be okay i'm running my route i start getting a little cocky with it and i'm like throwing grenades and uh trying to pick guys off one by one and then one time i go through my route and the villagers have moved a burning cart in the way of my path because they realized that I was just going the same way every time. And when when I realized that, I was like, okay, like, this game is just awesome. Well, not many games react to you in that way. 
the fact that they had the foresight to react to me that way is just extremely cool. Um, I really think this is a top-notch action game and a very solid horror experience. Not like the most scary, but there were definitely moments that got me like vocally reacting while I played it. And that's that's my review of the game, essentially. Any questions? Open for a Q&A. I know I will be playing it at some point later in the year. Only thing that could get in the way with it is depending on what the fall lineup looks like. If I have to pick between Starfield and uh, freaking Resident Evil 4, I don't know. I don't know which way I'm going to You go. always try and play Resident Evil in October, don't you? I, that is the plan. I think Starfield's going to end up being September. Did they announce that officially? Yeah, I do September. believe they did. That's right. Uh, Yeah, September 6th. There's something on my mind that is October, november that I'm trying to remind myself what it is, but I You're don't not know. A, you might play Spider-Man 2, but I don't think you're huge into that. I would probably, between those two, I would probably want to pick Resident Evil 4. I remember when I finished Spider-Man, I was pretty sold on trying to be there for two day one, but not uh, not if that's the price I got to pay. So, you know, maybe October. We'll see. Um, Any other questions? Resident Evil 4, one of the biggest games of the year. Wow, nothing. I don't care about Resident Evil. I mean, I just, I... It's on your team, and you don't even care about it. It got you 24 points. Yeah, and that's all it was to me. It's a a purely professional relationship, nothing more. I'm just curious if it makes you want to play other Resident Evils. It does. It is, okay. I definitely want to play 2 Remake, um, and I want to play 7 and 8. I I don't I don't have a completionist mindset of like oh well now I gotta go through the whole series it's like I don't really want to play the first one two remake seems awesome maybe I would play three remake I know it's not considered to be as great of a game but um you know maybe if I was in the mood I would consider playing that Mm -hmm. uh I, I think eight's still my favorite seven a little biased because I played it in VR but like with that in mind, definitely my favorite. Oh, I'm it's it, coming to VR also, or if it's not. I'm interested in uh, because a lot of people say that eight is very much like made in uh kind of like a spiritual successor way to to being kind of like four. Interesting, and that's interesting to me. I do remember hearing that too, but of course, couldn't speak to that personally but october maybe eight's just really good eight there's some parts of it are way better than others so i wonder if four is the same i'm currently leaving the experience kind of thinking like wow i just i think that was very well-rounded experience and i enjoyed all of it um maybe especially if i go through with playing it multiple times maybe i'll form different opinions on that Mm -hmm. but um it's pretty rare that I do the finish a game and begin it again immediately. I've only done that a handful of times in the past. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all on what we've been playing, though. 
Uh, we want to do a more thorough league update quickly because we know 90 on Open Critic for Xenoblade 3. Uh, that earned me 21 points as of right now. What else has come through uh, before we get into the big headline ones? Because that's going to be last the case of Benedict Fox. No, those are the big headline ones. Uh, uh, okay, I'm cool. I'm trying to see if there's any other quick updates before we get into those. I uh, think those. Oh, Jedi Survivor got an 86 for James, 16 points. Uh, another case of a video game that just doesn't work when it comes out. Apparently, um. Mark picked up a rift of the Necro Dancer. I think that's a good pickup. Not gonna lie. I think it's gonna be a good one. Uh and then I think the three headline ones, I'm not sure if we talked about one of these on the pod already. But it would be Minecraft Legends getting a 71, one point for Peter. The last case of Benedict Fox getting a 68. Minus two points for Peter. And then the big one, Redfall. One of Xbox's big games. Currently has a 62. Minus eight points for Mark. But might go down even further, to be honest. Go down. <laughs> and it was counterpicked by Joe, earning Joe eight points. Should should we be dropping all Xbox games we have and counterpicking any ones that are still out there at this point? I know. Well, I want to say for his counterpick of Redfall, James and I were pressuring him to do this. We were all on Discord one night, and he kept saying, you know, after, it was Saturday night. He was like, guys, I'm going to use my counterpick. I'm finally going to do it. And we were just like, just, just pick Redfall. We're telling you, just pick Redfall. It's not going to go well. I didn't think it would be this bad. But I knew it would be a safe counterpick for him. I know I'm going to. It's like how last year, what I walked away from is I'm not picking any live service games this year. What I'm walking away from with this year, going into 2024, will be I'm not touching Xbox games with a 10-foot pole. I'm not fucking doing it anymore. So, especially if the especially if the selling point is they want a Game Pass. It's like absolutely not get away from me. I full disclosure. I placed a bid at the start of this recording and then I did a Google search and saw it was coming day one game pass and I canceled that bid. What that's, game was it? That's how scared I am. Uh, I'll I'll be honest. Um, it was Planet of Lana, which is like a, ah. a somewhat interesting looking indie game. Mm-hmm. It's day one game pass. It could be good, but so I don't, I don't like something. the track record. I don't like the track yeah. record. Peter Starfield dropping. Just oh, well, go. when it gets announced later this year that it's going to be stuck at 30 frames per second, I'm expecting all those points because that, don't worry. Um, yeah, no, I, I have a few games where it's like, you know, maybe I could find more points somewhere else. And I saw Planet of Lana. It's coming out this month, apparently. And it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I could deceptively get some good points there not if it's day one game pass i'm not doing it um the it's it's bleak to be an xbox fan right now Uh, this podcast actually leans heavily towards giving playstation more shit 
Well, we're always giving PlayStation shit for their formula and for Jim Ryan and and just being unexciting lately. Tonight, but, though, we love them. Yeah, no, tonight PlayStation could do no wrong because fucking buying an Xbox is it's a foolish thing at this point. I can't believe how bad this company is. Are we transitioning into that topic? Yes, we're we're fully transitioning into the state of Xbox 2023. Peter, you're the one who's done the most prep here, so like if you want to just take the reins, feel free. Now everyone, I last night came up I was you know, I work overnights and I came up with a segment that I like that I've decided to call. Let me just get it up. I want to make sure I got it. Does this game pass? It's a history. Hey. It's a history of the last te- of the last ten years worth of first party releases of Xbox, starting with the launch of the Xbox One in November of 2013. I will not do this right now. We can just talk Xbox, but generally, and then go into this. But what this game will be, it's just I will tell you guys a Xbox first party game. The date it released and its Metacritic score, and I will ask you, gentlemen, does this game pass? And we will discuss. So but that's uh, for a bit is, later. there's no real competition to it, right? No, it's, it is basically like a live or die. It's a, an elimination round kind of thing. Oh, like, okay, not even okay. round, just like are these games like looking back? Can we say this was a good game Xbox can boast about, or is it like this game does not pass? Okay. Um. So in a, in a more general sense of Xbox, what they have going on right now is they're still riding the Game Pass train. Obviously, they're going to be riding it forever. Um, Xbox Series X and S, I think, while they're like falling behind sales-wise, I, I think generally we consider these to be like pretty good consoles. The S is... Great if you want a budget option. The X, uh, I I really have no problems with the with the machine itself when I play games on it. Um, we're still dealing with the Activision Blizzard situation. I I think there's like a a slight possibility that my one prediction could have a pretty good chance of coming true of like, it's not going to be this year, but it's not going to be fully canned either. Uh, Cause I know that they're running into some issues in the, in the UK specifically, maybe even the U S but I, I'll be honest. I have started tuning out any coverage of it. So I'm not fully up to date. If you can add any context, Peter, I have no idea. Okay. So what happened is that a couple weeks ago, the CMA the uh, basically the UK organization in terms of these sorts of deals rejected the deal. They blocked the deal on the grounds of if approved, Xbox would quote unquote have a monopoly on cloud gaming in the gaming sphere if they were to have all of these companies underneath their belt. So the CMA is saying we're not passing this no matter what. The EU is going to decide whether or not they're going to past the deal later this month regular you know people on the, in the know are saying that's likely to pass but they said the same thing for the cma so who knows in my opinion 
I, I'm starting to lean towards the deal is dead, but if the EU okays the deal, then we're in a really weird place of like, well, the UK says no, but the EU says yes, the EU is obviously a significantly larger market, and then we still have the USA, you know, we still have the FTC to decide what they're going to do, and they've already tried blocking in the past, so at that point, I don't, I, look, alright, I'm gonna start. Let me speak truthfully and honestly with where I think we're at with the Activision Blizzard deal after the CMA is blocked it. The EU could pass it, and I do think that's more likely than, than not, but after this, I'm not assuming anything is, you know, a given. And that the fact that the FTC has been making it very clear that they reject the deal and they're not looking to pass it, I think it just fucking, you know, cut off the limb before the rot gets, you know, spreads too far. It's done. I think it's over. I think the deal was dead. I don't, and I think if they are really going to have, I think it will take more, a few more years to fight this in court in all these different countries, and I just don't think it's worth it for them. Because the CMA blocking a deal, it is historically very rare for a company to overcome that. So they are, even a company like Microsoft already has their backs against a wall to achieve something like that. And I mean, hell, even if the EU decides, hey, we're blocking it too, they're definitely done. And the FTC has already made it clear that they don't want to do it. And the fact that CMA's blocked it probably makes the FTC feel even more validated in, in their decision and probably more emboldened to stand by it. So if I'm Microsoft, this fucking deal has had their hands tied behind their backs for a year. And Jez Corden, because I listened to Xbox 2 podcast, re recently said that there were multiple other smaller developers that were planned to be purchased by Xbox, but those deals had to be sworn off because Activision Blizzard was happening and was taking up so much of their time. Who they were, he would just would not say, but Jez did say other companies were going to be bought by Xbox, but those deals had to be thrown out because the Activision Blizzard deal was too much. Which does annoy me, because it's like, I would rather they just buy a bunch of smaller developers who don't really threaten... Like, I always talk about, I still talk about how I want PlayStation to buy Ember Lab. Also, hey, they bought Firewalk Studios, I told you all they would, because I could see the future... But them buy like PlayStation buying Firewalk and when they buy Deviation and when they buy Lucid Games and when when they buy Ember Lad, these are all a bunch of small teams that don't really have that much like that much of a catalog. That it's technically consolidation, but it's not the industry coming to a halt. Everything's on fire. Oh my god, it's just a bunch of monopolies fighting monopolies. I am all for smaller devs being bought. There is no downside to that in my opinion. But I'm just sick and tired of the Activision Blizzard deal going on. It doesn't look like it's going to go through. So much Xbox has so many other issues going on, and this is only making things worse because it doesn't. It just doesn't. It feels like they have to dedicate all of their time and attention to this. I'm sick of it. It seems like it's dead. Xbox, we have to plan for the future without it. We can't let this just hold us back any longer. I say just throw out the deal. I don't think, at the very least, we have to see if the EU approves it, because if it does, then maybe you have an argument. But if the EU also rejects the deal, then it's over. Give Activision the $3 billion and just chart a new course and move on ahead. So, I, I have become, uh, I agree with you, but in a much more cynical way, of I've kind of developed the opinion of like, you know what, Xbox? Fuck you. Figure out how to make your own game instead of just like 
buying a $68 billion company to do it for you. Because uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me, uh, hot in pop culture right now, Succession, no spoilers, but the, the majority of the show is like this old patriarch started this great company and and all the kids are idiots and they they do that for what will ultimately end up being four seasons of the show and there there is a moment where like the kids think that the the company is threatened in some way or like they won't have the opportunity to take over and and the dad is yelling at them and they they say like oh well well what are we supposed to do then and he he responds how about you make your own fucking pile like just make something for yourself and that's now how i think about xbox it's like they they just think they can buy everything they can't make a game to save their lives and i I have always rooted for Xbox. I like the underdog mentality. I loved my Xbox 360. I hated my Xbox One, but I had one anyway. And I thought this is the turnaround point. We have we have Phil Spencer. He he knows how to get it done. But they just in gaming, they they don't know how to make their own pile. They don't know how to make video games. They know how to spend money. And a lot of these companies, Google, has failed because they, they thought they could just spend money in gaming and something would work out. But it turns out to succeed in gaming, you actually need to know how to make good video games. And after, I mean, what has it been at this point? Like 25 years almost, less than 25 years, but uh, over 20 years that Xbox has been in the game. And they still haven't figured it out. It's really tough. And this Activision Blizzard situation is really just a another sign of like, really, you guys couldn't figure it out to the point that you're trying to spend $68 billion on what you think is going to be the thing to fix it all. And really, it's actually just going to make everything worse. You're just going to get worse at this job and you're going to have more to manage now. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting off on a ranty note. Mark, do you have any more recently formed opinions on the Activision Blizzard situation for Xbox? I, I've always been kind of torn on it just because of the promise of Microsoft taking Activision Blizzard away from Bobby Kotick but at the same time, like I definitely do think if Microsoft does get this acquisition, they will be set up for a monopoly, especially like on top of like them just having to fight everybody being like, oh, no, we're not trying to be like this giant, huge conglomerate that's going to dominate the streaming market. And then like Peter was saying, there's reports being like, yeah, and on top of that, and then we're going to keep buying smaller developers and who knows how long. And sure, uh, one of my favorite things about Xbox buying all these companies was just oh cool a lot of these developers don't have to worry about the funding necessarily microsoft trusts them to make whatever they want so they can make the best games or the best version of the games that they want but so many of them 
I haven't really put too much out. I feel like, uh, I mean, now would be maybe a good time to kind of transition into what they have put out there in the past 10 years. But like recently we, we could count very few that really have tried to stick the landing and they're just not there. So it's just, it's, it's always been the long game of Xbox is climbing up here. Any day, uh, all the do- the dominoes are all gonna line up and fall in place. And Xbox, it's every year, every year, it's finally mm-hmm. their year. They're finally gonna figure it out. And I'm done with believing that that's going to happen. I forget where I heard it, but the funniest example of of this whole scenario is that Xbox keeps lining up the dominoes, and we're waiting for them to all fall down. But then every now and then, one falls sideways. Just it falls. Kind of sideways. funny games daily. I believe yesterday, Greg said it. Okay. I really like that because that's really what it is. You're just like, oh, here, here's come. Maybe this is going to be the one, and then falls over. You're like, what? I um, again? <laughs> how does this keep happening? These dominoes. I have a quick point to make about how I think, um, one one kind of cultural misstep that I think they have made in in all of their acquisitions of stuff is when I watched that psych odyssey i believe i i told this story before on the pod but i'll say it quicker again to make the point matt booty comes in and is talking to the team and is basically saying like oh we we really just want you to be able to do do what you guys do and we'll be hands off unless we're given some reason to like not be hands off pretty much which is you know that that's basically all you want to hear i would think as a dev um you're gonna get the money if things, uh, if the ship seems like it's running well, we're not going to bother you. If we feel like we need to step in and and help things out, then we're willing to help things out. Awesome. And then here is Double Fine has this thing ingrained in their culture of Amnesia Fortnite. It's a game jam, and they make their own little games. And sometimes these games become full-on Double Fine games, but. Tim Schafer makes clear, like, we promise that, like, we don't own these games. And Matt Booty was like, oh, well, we'll need to talk about that. Because as far as I see it, that that's Microsoft property now. And that is, like... Horrifying. That's horrifying. It, of, I feel like that's the worst aspect of being in like brought in by a corporation uh having that be so strongly enforced is one of the worst things that could happen not encouraging people to be creative because if they're creative under your roof they they then own your creativity i know is not something that is out of the ordinary in the business world but i think it should be out of the ordinary i think it's fucked up that that happens and the fact that this had to come up in a developer wide meeting here uh if if people at double fine were scared off by that like i totally would be that that would immediately kind of sour this thing that that initially seemed nice and it was just really interesting in that moment because they had just gotten bought and they were about to do an amnesia Fortnite within like two weeks. And this gets brought up and Matt Booty is basically saying like, Oh yeah, well, as far as I see it, it's, it's our property. And Tim Schaefer was like, okay, great. Well, 
but actually it can't be because we're pitching and I've told everyone that that is not the case. So we can't have that be the case at least this time around. Um, and it, he, he got back a response of like, yeah, well it's, it's worth looking at. And I, that, that strikes me as like these, these friendly faces around Xbox don't, don't get it twisted. They've made it far up the ladder in corporate America, and it takes certain skills to be able to do that. Being able to just turn off certain emotions, yes, when you need to, yes. And um, I know that I know this next part isn't games, and I've brought it up a lot, but it's just another thing I want to say. It's just like look at the Mario movie, look at the Last of Us show, and look at the Halo show. Like even in other forms that aren't games, Xbox just doesn't seem like they give a fuck. You have Mario and the Last of Us blowing the doors off of you know like video game adaptations just like i fucking said they would on this podcast a year ago again i'm just so right all the time and it just you see how much effort is being put into so playstation and nintendo's ventures into these different fields and it just seems like another afterthought to xbox and my mind is just like if video games are like if video games feel like an afterthought if movies and tv feel like an afterthought where is your focus then what is the main thought? What's the point? Where are we headed? Where are we going? What's the path forward? Tell us. Because I don't know. It's just Game Pass. But that's not good. That's not an answer, Mark. What's going to be on Game Pass? Game Pass isn't just this living being that exists and inhabits the world amongst us. The, ma- the main selling point of Game Pass is the games that might... That- Xbox is in charge of putting on it. That's not a valid path of just like, oh, I have an indie game that's going to get a 65, but it's day one. That's not sustainable. That's not a hey, path forward. Cassette Beast just got an 86 day one on Game Pass. <laughs> um, No, but, but Peter's right because... Game Pass is the death of creativity in Xbox. I... I would actually fight against that specific point just a little bit because here here's the crux of it. Game Pass without that promise of Microsoft of of their AAA games coming to it is technically still a pretty good deal. There are good games on Game Pass that are not made by Xbox. Um, if you get Game Pass, you'll find a way to get your money's worth if you want to play some of these games. And when a nice indie game comes and it actually review reviews well, that's good. Uh, as far as Xbox being creative, I think, well, uh, like objectively, like something like Pentiment, which isn't for everyone, couldn't happen without Game Pass. I'm happy it was able to happen. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, even. I don't think it would have succeeded as much if uh, it wasn't given this space to immediately have like a fairly large player base. I, th- I think that's an advantage and Hi-Fi Rush is a great game. But it's also, it's not an event game. We talk AAA, we're talking event games. Everyone, everyone lines up for Zelda, they line up for Spider-Man, they line up for Halo, they line up for... The Last of Us, God of War. Like these, we're talking blockbusters here. And while everyone wants to say that 
oh, well, like the real interesting stuff is happening in indies. I feel like there's a part of all of us that wants to have like a fun blockbuster gaming experience every now and then. And it's you can compare it to Netflix in the way that Netflix has narrowed it down where they used to have blockbusters and now they really only have Stranger Things and they have a bunch of shit. And Netflix gets shit for that. That doesn't mean that you can't go on Netflix and and see that there's a movie that you want to watch on there. But the promise of Netflix is not being fulfilled. The promise of Game Pass is that they were going to start making some of these blockbuster AAA games. And the great thing is, is that it was going to be on the subscription that you were already enjoying because you liked you liked Hi-Fi Rush, you liked Pentiment, you liked this indie game that we got. Those things are garnished. One with Redfall. Yeah, Wait. yeah. The the indie games and everything that's that's garnish. Even if you really liked one, but the main meal was supposed to be these Xbox games, and Redfall is technically not the first to be offered. I I think the first wave was Halo Infinite and Forza it's Horizon the first Five. First one that's seventy dollars though. First one that's seventy dollars. Uh, if you're buying it outside of Game Pass, and it's been a complete and utter failure like beyond a failure everyone this is such a failure because the conversation about redfall this entire time has really been looks a little weird they're not showing it off very well but we know arcane is good we have no reason to think arcane is not good and actually, all of our like trepidation should have been listened to because the game's fucking horrible. Um, and I, I haven't played it. I don't plan to play it because I've watched plenty of reviews and gameplay to see that this is not a game I want to play. It, it looks do- like Dollar Store Left for Dead. Oh, it does. It looks worse than that. Like it looks. It visually looks worse than Left for Dead. It visually looks worse than Left 4 Dead. It also doesn't play like Left 4 Dead, uh, seemingly. So uh, you don't even have the advantage of it being a part of that genre. It doesn't have any of the lineage of arcane games. Like The stealth of that game is bad. The stealth of an arcane game is bad. The story moments are literally watching just two blue x-ray looking figures talk to each other. And you just have to stand there and watch them talk. It is offensively bad. So all of that is to say, the promise of Game Pass is that they needed, they need these AAA games to hit. And... Forza Horizon 5 hit without reservation, uh, but also it's a racing game, so that it has a limited audience. Halo Infinite hit initially and was a massive disappointment. I'm sure we'll touch on that oh, again. Oh, hang on. Yeah, slow your roll. Slow your I roll. Know, We're gonna get I know. I'm just saying the last three. And then a Redfall, which has been pitched as this is main course, is a genuinely awful game. Maybe the worst reviewed game this year of of like games worth paying attention to 
Dead Island 2 did better than this game. Oh, mm-hmm. and ga- guess what? I was thinking about earlier today. I've, I've watched Dead Island 2 reviews. That game looks fun. If it, That's actually a perfect... How did this happen? That's a perfect oh, Game Pass just... game in the sense of if Dead Island 2 is on Game Pass, I would play it because it looks fun. It looks shallow, but it looks fun. And that's basically what all the reviews are. It's like, oh, relatively shallow experience, but like not not worth it um we can we can get into uh does this game pass if we want to uh unless there's any more kind of general thoughts to get out of the way my final note before we begin is like hey guys the next big xbox game showcase is june 11th and then has they have to nail that do you think we're still gonna hear this it's like they have to nail this one it's the big one it's so important or are we just gonna keep have we all finally accepted it? No, they had their moment, and it's passed. Mark, I'll let you answer that one first. Uh, to me, it's not... Uh, is now their moment? Can they do it? It's, okay, how are they going to pick the pieces up? Because <laughs> I feel like en- enough has happened here. I feel like everyone has kind of just looked at them and just said, we don't expect really anything. It, it That's... We've, we've always wanted to try to expect something because they've been building something, but if we're at a point where it's like, if they do something, cool. We'll see when we get there. But despite all this, I still have my Game Pass subscription because I know a cool game will probably come to it, which is unfortunate, but it's the truth of it. Um, I think anyone who is still talking like... Oh well, well this presentation is the one. This is the one they're finally going to put it together. Anyone still talking like that is delusional. Yep. Um and that is not to say like it's not impossible for them to put together a good conference that we walk away thinking positively of. But at this point they're run like a bad sports organization where you kind of always want to hope that like the next season they could start taking positive steps but in reality until major things change those steps will never be taken and uh, like I guess the comparison is almost like the Jets right now where the the Jets pulled off their Activision Blizzard deal because they managed to get Aaron Rodgers um the like there's something in the dna of xbox that needs to change if they're ever going to have sustained success but until then every once in a while they'll manage to buy a band-aid that convinces us that they've turned a corner but in reality they probably haven't does this game pass does this game pass all right starting off in 2013 this is the only now this game technically did not release at the well okay starting off state of decay on november november 5th 2013 with a metacritic of 79 technically did not launch on the xbox you know it launched before the xbox one but it also you know was there First day of the Xbox One, so I included it, and it was a bigger game. So, gentlemen, starting off with State of Decay, 
does this game pass? Okay, this is a good one to start off with because I I have opinions on how this game will get um, varied. There's going to be quite a few Xbox games that I'm going to say, yes, it passes, but not without caveats or, or an asterisk next to it. Because I think State of Decay Yes, it does pass. But is it perfect or exceptional? No. I think I think it's a worthwhile game to invest in. I think it does cool things. But it's not like a an automatic win. Uh and and that's what Xbox needs. Xbox needs automatic wins, but as far as whether the game passes, I say yes. Mark, does this game pass? Like, anytime I've ever really thought about or looked at State of Decay and think about, do I, do I want to play that game? Because I like Survivor survival games. But it's just like a problem Xbox has had in the past 10 years. Like, in a time before it was gobbling up all these studios, is that when they announced a game, or announced even a dozen games because every E3 they would always show up and they would have like 30 to 40 games, but they all looked exactly the same. And I feel like State of Decay just totally blends in with the crowd of a bunch of other games that Xbox has put out. It's not a cool looking survival game. There's there's plenty of cool survival games out there that definitely stand out. You got freaking Valheim, Grounded, Sons of the Forest. There's stuff coming out. State of Decay just really just blends in. I'm going to say the game does not pass. I am going to say that State of Decay does not pass. Every time I've ever looked at State of Decay, it just looks like... It just looks unappealing. It just seems generic. It doesn't really seem to excel at anything. And again, I'm not saying every game has to be like, it's the best of this or it's the best of that. But I've State of Decay... Has always just it's it and a lot of the games on this list will so we're gonna see more of this of just it's there. It's a game that's there. I would not say like, oh man, this is Xbox firing on all cylinders. It's just there. And the problem is that that's been Xbox for the last decade. Is that it's just been there. And we need to start having like experiences we won't forget that we can't believe we're playing. So um, I I want to add in another thing along the lines of what i was saying that will i think add a little context to this game we're playing so a game like state of decay is kind of the game where you just you know or assume there's just like a a niche audience out there that has gotten more out of that game than the general public so by that i mean like I kind of assume State of Decay, and I guess we'll touch on State of Decay 2 later, like there's a hardcore somewhere. It's a small hardcore, but there's at least a group of people that really like the game, and I think it does some creative things, so they can have fun in it. But the vast majority of these games we're going to talk about today, they aren't... The Last of Us or God of War, not in the way 
that like they they aren't on that production level, even though they aren't. It's that when we talk about those games, we talk about like our opinions on them are varied simply based on whether or not we liked kind of decisions that they made. Um, but all in all, by the standard of video games, like God of War Ragnarok is a no caveat game. There is no debate as to whether God of War Ragnarok is even like a good worthwhile game it's just objectively good and worthwhile can your opinion vary somewhere in there as to how much you like it of course but it's just objectively a high quality game and we just don't have that very much for xbox like i can't say state of decay is objectively a high quality game no and I'm some of the games I'm going to pick out from the Xbox One era, especially. You're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that existed." Or some of the shit I found, and just an oncoming feeling, like an ongoing feeling I had as I was making this last night, list last night is, man, none of these are games I would tell you. Like so many of these games, just like I would never tell anyone. You have to play this. You have to try it because for a majority of these games, you don't. But kind of like this next game. Dead Rising 3, released on November 22nd, 2013, Metacritic of 78. It was technically, I included Dead Rising 3, I know it's technically made by Capcom, but it was also, you know, Xbox helped finance the game, It was it's an Xbox exclusive. Did it ever release, a, did it ever release to other consoles? I don't, I don't think, know. I couldn't find it. So yeah, that is another thing, just a, Age of Empires was technically releasing at this time, but it's a PC game, so I did not include it. I also did not include Deathloop or Ghostwire Tokyo because they launched on PlayStation and are now multi-platform games. Is that all right? Do we yeah. think that's fair? Yeah, that totally works. fine. So, Dead Rising 3, released November 22nd, 2013, Metacritic is 78. What do we think? Gentlemen, does this game pass? A game I played does not pass. Not, like n- not an awful game. But completely forgettable. Does not. Um, I've never played a Dead Rising game, but I think it's an interesting get for Xbox. It's a, it's an interesting thing to point out that this is a weird time where Capcom was like not doing so hot, and like some of their properties were exclusive. And it's funny to think that like in this world, freaking Xbox got Dead Rising. PlayStation got Street Fighter. <laughs> it's like Xbox. How did this happen? Of all the Capcom properties that are just floating around, you you got Dead Rising. Cool. I liked Dead Rising two a lot, actually. Well, everyone did. Yeah, I've heard um, good things about the first two, but then the third one just kind of was like. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I never thought the third one was bad. But it's just not nothing about it stood out. Um, so, Mark, mm-hmm. you didn't say does Dead Rising three pass? Um, I would probably lean towards pass if I'm going to be honest. I think it is a bit more interesting. People know what Dead Rising is, and you could only get that at Xbox at a time. Maybe not the greatest Dead Rising, but it's there. 
I have to go with my gut. I'm going to say this game does not pass. It's just a game that no one seemingly talked about or remembered. It didn't leave an impact on most people who played it. Dead Rising is a franchise peaked with two and was never nearly as, you know, relevant ever again afterward. If I'm telling some, if I, if someone is downloading Game Pass and like, what should I play? Dead Rising 3 will never come to mind. It just, Dead Rising uh, 3, in my opinion, does not pass. And did you know that Dead Rising 4 exists? Oh, it's on here, Owen. It's I, I, I wait. Is I that is that considered? And I don't think that was Xbox exclusive. Oh, it was it was really? It was no. Look at look it up. Look it up. Oh God! Obviously, no, that won't be No, I'm I'm but seeing it on PlayStation right now. Oh, are you serious? I'll take it off then. Yeah. All right. I don't remember this game. When did this come out? It it came out in like early December of the year. It, it was sent out. Dead Rising Four came out December sixth, twenty sixteen. Metacritic is seventy four. I'll take it off, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that game was. I think it had a marketing deal with Xbox, which is why I associated with it. But yeah, no, the game was basically sent out to die. So so far, I... see, we are no game has passed. Let's see if this game beats it. You're gonna have to forgive me because there's gonna be a lot of these. There's not gonna be much for us to say in any of them, but. Next, we have Forza Motorsport 5, released November 22nd, 2013, and had a Metacritic of 79. Does this game pass? Not not a great Metacritic, but I say pass, because Forza... I, I'm, I'm actually going to say an automatic pass to every Forza. Um, even though they're not all my cup of tea, it works for a lot of people. I, I still want to hear the scores of each one, though. Sure. Mark? What do you want? Because uh, there's a lot of forces we get to do for the sake of levity, and they automatically pass. Unless I, there's one you want to kick the shit out of. I would, I would want to abstain because I know so little about the Forza games. It is realistic driving, and that's probably even a not not even a really good way to describe them. But that is really the limit of my knowledge on the series. I guess I'm I would gonna... trust people and say they pass, but that's. That's as far as my knowledge goes. Yeah, I think that's safe because there's a lot of forces, and we just don't we don't have to say a lot about every single one. So I think it's just a safe, like yeah, fine, we'll let them. They pass. sell well. People clearly seem to like them. Yeah. So Forza Motorsport Five passes. Killer Instinct released November twenty second, twenty thirteen. Metacritic is seven seventy three. But I did add that the definitive edition with all the content would later go on to get an eighty six on Metacritic. I think it passes, but they also managed to make no impact with that game. I vote that it passes. I used to love watching Killer Instinct. Maximilian dude's Killer Instinct videos. I loved them. I just I really like watching Killer Instinct. I enjoyed the small time we played it. I liked the game. It does pass. It did not leave an impact, but I think the game is still very good. I know the fighting game community absolutely loved Killer Instinct. I'm going to vote that it passes. Uh, I think I'd vote that it passes also. I feel like I definitely would hear whispers about the game after it came out. Like It had a small scene, but I feel like uh, most... I don't want to say most, because that's just not true. Uh, if, a, if a fighting game, you hear people talking about it, a community still talking about it years and years after... And I'm not talking about just like a glimmer of a whisper, like a couple of people will like 
a little bit regularly. I don't know if this game was coming to Evo every year at the time. Was it, Peter? Do you know? How long was this game in Evo? It might have only been there one or two years. I don't think it was there for that long. Wow, that's a bummer. Yeah, it was it was very unfortunate. I really I wish more people had played it. Um, Peter, quick question. Are you tracking what like how many are passing? I'm not, but if you want to. Well, no, I don't have the list in front of me. Okay, I'll add it. Oh yeah, I'll if, like if you key. yeah, oh. if you could just mark it, uh, so then we yeah. can count it at the end to see how many games pass in our books. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a good system. All right. So next, we have Rise, Son of Rome, released November twenty second, twenty thirteen, with a Metacritic of sixty. Gentlemen, does this game pass? Metacritic of sixty. Holy crap. Um, I remember this game being revealed. I was there with and you. And being excited at the like cutscene they show. It looked great. And then the combat started and every single moment of combat was a quick time event. And just like my stomach sank. This game does not pass. Yeah, this Mark? game doesn't pass. In my in mind, this game is a meme still. I feel like everyone, this game was a punching bag for a lot of, like, the reasons Owen was saying. Like, when people saw this game, it just kept disappointing. It was a launch title for the Xbox One. Uh, I think it had people's attention for a bit because, A, people wanted something to play on the new Xbox, and B, uh, it was a new IP. I, it's a new IP, right? There's not some... Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, just making sure. I you I would I wouldn't be surprised if someone pulled my leg there and was like, "Oh, actually, there was a different Rome series game." But no, it's this is not pass. Classic bad game. Obviously, I talked about earlier this this episode. This game does pass. It's bad. It's a bad game. It's the worst example of launch titles. Just there to you know something to just mindlessly play and you know use your brand new controller on. This game does not pass. We're now entering into 2014, everybody. Remember who you were in 2014? I remember who I was, and he was terrible. I was smiling. I was smiling because I was playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Nintendo Wii U. First up, Forza Horizon 2, released September 30th, 2014, with a Metacritic score of 86. Automatic pass. I like to know that it's an 86. I, I will give it the Forza pass. Next, Project Spark, released September 30th, 2014, with a Metacritic score of 73. Does not pass. I thought that game looked really cool before it came out. I had such high hopes for that game when it was first showed off. I thought it looked so fucking cool, and then it just turned into nothing. It does not pass for me. I'm going to give it a pass. Uh, I Like, A, I thought it was really cool. Sure, people wanted a lot more of it, but I just think it is. Mark, what did, what was the game? Can you even tell me what the game ended up being? It was like a game creation kind of game. I had a friend of mine who would tell me about it uh, because he uh, was a part of like a an educational program for kids, teaching them how to like make games. And Project Spark was a big part of that. Uh, was it the best game? No, not really. But 
it seemed like a, it's kind of just taking the word of like some stories I had heard of it at this point, or versus everyone saying it wasn't that deep because I hadn't played the game. But it sounded kind of neat to me. Was was it more shallow than maybe I would get from it? Like I'm, when I I'm not I'm Possibly. not sure if sounded neat is passing That's the, the smell best test. thing you can get tell an Xbox first party game. Someone told me it's neat. Like I say that with a lot of I say that with a lot of enthusiasm to this point. If I could play Project Spark, which you can't, it is shut down. You can't play that game at all today. I would try that game. I would give it a shot. That's how I say that when I say neat. So yeah, I'm gonna say I would give it a pass because so it's a it does cool not idea. Pass. Does not pass. It does not pass. It doesn't pass, but it has my pass. Next, Sunset Overdrive released October twenty eighth, twenty fourteen, with a Metacritic score of eighty one. Gentlemen, does this pass? Yes, it does pass. Um, not as good as people remember, though. Um, like. I know I'm biased, and I look at this game, and I think I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. But I know for people that would want to play this game that there's a little bit something there. I am inclined to say it does not pass, though. If even I'm saying those good words, I'm going to say no, it does not pass. I'm going to say this game passes. And I know that's weird, considering I have don't care for the game. Because of the writing, really, really, really bugged me, and it's what made me draw, like you know, stop playing. But the gameplay was fantastic. I loved the look of the game. I loved the world. I loved the art design, and I can see this game being a fun game. If you're just getting Game Pass and you're not sure what to play, I could see this being a good recommendation for someone. I really could. I I, I, I beat I, the game, and I agree with you on the writing, but I enjoyed the game overall. Um. And it's Insomniac, good developer. It you can see a lot of the DNA of Spider-Man in this game. Yes, you can. You you definitely can. And it would have been cool to see them still under the Xbox umbrella try their hand at a second game for it. I think that would have been then would have been cool. Anyone that still wants that second game, I don't know why you would. I, I don't. Yeah, want I don't either. Game, like, but... hey, if Xbox is willing to sell the IP back to Insomniac, then Insomniac maybe, actually but... owns it. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it came to other platforms, didn't it? No, nope. it has not. No. Damn. Okay. They were rumors that it would, but it has yet to happen. I thought it came to PC at the very least. Halo: The Master Chief Collection released on November eleventh, twenty fourteen, with a Metacritic score of eighty five. Gentlemen, does this game pass? Well, this is an important thing to remember: is that yes, of course it passes, but back when it came out, disaster. It was a disaster. It was. So I can't uh, believe how bad it was. Again, when it came out. Uh, I'm talking about. Um, wins with no caveats this should have been the easiest no caveat win there is for xbox and it came with massive ones um so yes it passes but let us not forget what we went through to get to a point Mm -hmm. where it is right now where it's great to play i love it I I give it a pass too and sure like like it definitely did launch and i don't even think it was just like early launch like these problems persisted oh, for a while like like talk a year maybe even yeah. more 
It, it was a real bumpy ride. But that is an experience not exclusive to Xbox by any means. I feel a year is still a long time. But when they, they turned it around, they really turned that game into something really, really cool. Uh, it's a game I try not to uninstall, but it is a big fucking game. There's a lot of Halo in that it's thing. A big but it's, it's always nice to have uh, sitting there to maybe just dive into, play a little bit of Halo 4 every now and then. I'm going to say pass for sure. I'm also going to say pass. It was a disaster at launch, the likes of which that I still crazy to looking back on and really would tell you everything we needed to know about 343 going forward. But once it, now that it's great, it's a pass. Come on. We're now into 2015, everyone. Ori in the Blind Forest released March 11th, 2015 with a Metacritic score of 90. It passes. Are we done? Yes, it passes. Well, I, I I can't I, believe it got a ninety. I don't really like Metroidvanias that much, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a pass. I will give it a pass. People like it. You're acting like you're such a heavy weight on your shoulders for that. <laughs> Rare Replay released August fourth, twenty fifteen, with a Metacritic score of eighty four. Gentlemen, does this game pass? Uh. Yeah, but I... You don't sound crazy about that. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually just kind of bothered by, like, just giving a pass to the Master Chief Collection, giving a pass to Rare Replay, this... Like, these aren't games that, that Xbox newly made or anything in these time periods. They're just collections. Well, we're going to get to some games mm-hmm. that they newly made. Don't oh, worry. yeah. Oh, we'll get they to They made them. some. Mm-hmm. I mean, every... All the big three at some point over the past 10 years had their remakes and their their collections come out. And Nintendo had new games alongside it. Exactly, exactly. I'm I'm not (laughs) anti-collection. I'm Uh anti if that's all you have it, though. Mm -hmm. Which is very, very fair. I give this a pass. I also give it a pass. It's harmless. Forza Motorsport 6, released September 15th, 2015, with a Metacritic score of 87. It gets the Forza Pass. Forza Pass. Halo 5 Guardians, released October 27th, 2015, Metacritic score of 84. This game can burn. Yeah, it does not pass. I uh, I, I still advocate multiplayer is not as bad as, at the very least, Peter thinks. It's like competent multiplayer. It's not Halo. It's not, it's not Halo. It's it's more Halo than 4 is, but it's still not there. Um, I I wish I got to play more of it. I wanted to play more of the PvEVP game mode that they had. That was a little cool when it first came out. It was. like that's, that's the big thing I always wanted to try from that game, but I never, ever got to play a game of it. I... Uh, I played very little Halo 5 to the point where I barely know what it looks like and what it feels like. And it's coming for someone. I was a Halo 4 fan. I loved Halo 4 multiplayer. When I play Master Chief Collection, I toggle Halo 4 on first. And sometimes we'll try to get Halo 4 games specifically on it. Like that's I don't know any other Halo 4 people out there. But uh, it makes me wonder if I would actually be keen on Halo 5. But I'm going to take everyone else's word on it and I will give it no pass. Yeah, no pass. Uh, no it's, pass. It's uh, no probably pass. 
it's definitely the, the, the worst Halo cycle campaign. And it's one of the few games that's marketing cycle actively lied to us. Actively lied. Never forget it. Never forget Not it. even in like a haha, we're gonna like save you from one spoiler. We're it's telling like, you the no, story is something that's not at all. We're yeah, lying to it's you. It's literally just not the premise. <laughs> and like, I don't know why not not just why would they not do that, but like why would they not make that the premise that sounded way more interesting? 2016, the year where everything went wrong. And much of our dystopia is traced back to this year. I don't know about you guys, but President Hillary Clinton, I think she's got this in the bag. You know what didn't have it in the bag? Quantum Break that released on April 5th, 2016 with a Metacritic score of 77. Gentlemen, does this game pass? This is one of those games I'm inclined to be like... I kind of do think it passes because... Remedy, interesting developer game may not have fully like it didn't remember fully the hit the show that you had to watch that remember that oh i i remember but it didn't hit like they wanted it to but i also don't think it was not worthwhile making it so i'm saying pass but it's it's a classic uh you know i'm sure there's someone out there that actually really fights hard for quantum break Mark. I I want to give it a pass too because it was a kind of interesting thing trying something different. Maybe it didn't stick the landing, and I really couldn't tell you how it didn't stick the landing because you know I did not play that. Look at what you two are saying. This is pass. I I, I like them trying different things, even if they don't really make it. I I think there's a case to make that Quantum Break might have been the most interesting game released by Microsoft on the Xbox One. The the biggest cons I can give Xbox above everything is releasing games that all blend together and just don't move the needle forward at all. And I would like games that I would not be able to tell they actually released another game because it looks like everything else. This did not look like everything else. And of course Remedy, of course, is responsible for that, not an Xbox studio. But uh, it's here. It's in the lineup. And I will remember it for that. I would never play Quantum Break, probably, unless we had it on like Games Club or something. This is but, pathetic. This yeah. is absolutely pathetic, what you guys are saying. I'm yeah. not, this, for me, this, obviously, now that you two have both order, for me, this game will not pass. The, fa- the amount of caveats and like you have to drag, you two have had to drag this game to the finish line. It is not able to walk mm-hmm. on its own. Embarrassing. I th- uh, I think the to sum up mine and Mark's argument is it only passes because it's interesting. Yeah. I, I like games that have cool ideas even if the execution isn't there. ReCore released on September 16th, 2016 with a Metacritic score of 63. There's no way in hell this game is passing. Pass. I will I will stop any of you if you vote yes for it. The definitive edition they released later fixed a lot of problems in it. But I don't think that was Xbox exclusive at that point. I could be it wrong about not. that. So does that count? Well, wait, can, wait, can we, wait, well, wait, 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 wait. I think I, it's I, I got the definitive edition. I got confused another game. Relax, relax. No, it was still Xbox exclusive. Mark. I'm going to give it a pass. Well, let, let, no. let's see. Let's see what the definitive edition yeah, can someone look that up for me? I'm I'm trying to get it right now. 
Because um, I was so excited for ReCore. And I, 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 man, all those fucking announcement trailers and gameplay trailers, I was so excited. And then I played it. Mark, you were playing FF15 in the room. I played it ReCore for an hour and a half, and I'm like, this game's fucking terrible. This game is so bad. It was so awful to play. It was not fun. It didn't feel right. It didn't control right. The two things I remember when my roommate saying was really bad about the game is like towards the end of the game, the amount of collectibles you needed to get to like the final door was like a skyrocket jump. And all the little partners you have that you need to like swap out that you can only like swap out at like save points instead of like swapping between them oh on the go God. was like super annoying. I think they fixed that in the definitive edition though. Well, there's no official meta score for the definitive edition. There's a 7.8 user score does not pass. Mark, did you say this game passes? I did try to give it a pass, yeah. It's this game not passing. How ridiculous, Mark. Ridiculous. I mean, it probably shouldn't pass. I never played the game, but Forza Horizon 3, released September 27th on 2016. Metacritic score of 91. Gets the Forza Pass. Forza Pass had a 91. The premium Forza Pass. Gears of War 4, released October 11th, 2016. Metacritic score of 84. So, I'm just going to show my hand right now. In that I think Gears of War 4 doesn't pass, but 5 does does based on everything i've heard gears of war 4 for me does not pass james and i tried to play it we got several hours in and it was just not fun it felt like the worst parts of gear like it felt like a series that did not really advance with the console generation upgrade and it just felt like the more dated parts of the original gears trilogy we did not enjoy ourselves we could not continue it for me this game does not pass it's not good I also remember trying it and uh, just feeling like it was it was boring, um, boring and safe. Gears Mark- Four is a weirdly special game. <laughs> oh, a game I do not like, but special. So I'm oh, not gonna say it passes, uh, because uh, a friend of mine worked on it, and it was the first game they worked on, so it was really cool. Well, they did a great job. Mark. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, is your friend lazy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We're going into 2017. Halo Wars 2 released on February 21st, 2017 with a Metacritic score of 79. Gentlemen, does this game pass? 79 is not good enough. Does not pass. I'm going to say it passes. Halo Wars is cool. All right, Owen, what's your actual answer? Yeah, no, it passes. I, 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 I felt like... No, someone had to be the one that does the bit that it doesn't mm-hmm. pass, and I did it. Obviously, this game passes. I don't need to say why. Forza Motorsport 7, released October 3rd, 2017, with a Metacritic score of 87, gets the Forza... Or 86, uh, gets the Forza Pass. Crazy that they can just keep releasing these these racing Forza games and they just keep doing well every single time. Yeah, no, I mean, the people that like the stuff seem to like them. Super Lucky's Tale released November 7th, 2017 with a Metacritic score of 76. It was published by Xbox. Gentlemen, 
does this game pass? Um, there was another version of this made. Yes, that's right. There was, it was for VR first. What? Yes. Was... Where was the demand for that? I just because I think they realized I don't think. I I, I think you're been... wrong on this. I think you're wrong. Was it because not? I'm I'm looking at new Super Lucky's Tale, which ended up coming to every platform. Um. Super I'm gonna Lucky lean does not Tale. pass, even though it's like. I don't know. Am I really going to stand up on a soapbox and say that they shouldn't have gotten behind some cartoony platformer? Uh, like, I think it's fine that they made it, but it wasn't impactful enough to make me think it should pass. This game does not pass for me. As a man who loves cartoony 3D platformers, this game always seemed like a pitiful attempt at one. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like this game. It does not pass. Mark? Uh, I'm going to say it does not pass because I don't remember hearing too much about it. I just remember it getting announced and no one talking about it after. All right, that's it for 2017. We're now in 2018, everyone. That's it for 2017. <laughs> yep, just that. What a fucking year for Xbox. Holy I shit. I mean, 2017, considered one of the greatest years in gaming. And Xbox Halo Wars wasn't 2? there for it. Halo Wars 2 was there, everyone. They know. They know. They know. Sea of Thieves, released March 20th, 2018, with a Metacritic score of 67. That launch was terrible for Sea of Thieves. Terrible. I can't believe they released a game like that, but it is what it is now. So, gentlemen, does Sea of Thieves pass? I give it a pass, because it is something kind of cool now, and the water is still just very pretty. And just just the act of sailing around in that game and taking on other people is still very, very fun. Owen, now you can tell us how you've always hated this game the entire time. You've never enjoyed yourself when we played it, and we all knew you didn't enjoy yourself when we played it, but you did it anyway because you were a trooper. Um, Well, I think it objectively passes, but honestly, I I remember thinking when it launched, I couldn't find anything to do, and even though there are technically things to do now, I still felt like those things to do weren't very fun when I played it. But I know there's a lot of people that know. are having fun with it. So who am I to say? I vote that fun? I vote that this game passes. Yeah, no, I it like Sea of Thieves. State of the K two released May twenty second, twenty eighteen, with a Metacritic score of sixty nine. Ooh, gentlemen, does this game now, pass? No, they they had a definitive edition too that was supposed to improve stuff let me let me see if there's a score on that so you have decay to juggernaut edition uh let's see if we got a metacritic come on baby did it nope so all right it's another one I I kind of want to say like I I think State of Decay is somewhat interesting, so I give it a pass. But if you guys don't agree with me, like I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Mark, I'll let you go first. I'm gonna say it does not pass for the exact same reasons I did not pass the first State of Decay. <laughs> I am going to say the exact same thing. 
State of Decay 2 does not pass. State of Decay is a franchise. Why are we making a third? I just don't understand that that's going to be a game that I'm going to have to go on Xbox pod or listen to Xbox podcast. Hear people say, oh, State of Decay 3 is going to be amazing. And I know they're lying. They're lying to themselves. They're lying to the audience. This is going to be another game where it's just like, you know, everyone that's like, you're all excited for it. We all know you're not. None of us are. State of Decay 2 does not pass. I, I want to throw in a side note here. Wikipedia page for Lucky's Tale does say it was an, it launched for Oculus Rift in 2016. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know that was your game first. And I think that was the problem with it because it launched there and everyone looked, everyone who looked at it was interested. It was like, oh, cool, 3D platformer. Why is that on a fucking, fucking VR, headset? VR headset? And then they tried porting it and I think it was too late. Or the game just it wasn't up to it. Like people, it, it was too late and the game wasn't strong enough. Like, do you think when Phil is on stage pitching Super Lucky's Tale, do you think he's thinking, like, what the fuck am I talking about? What am I even saying to these people about no, this game? I, th- I think he sees it and he's just like, if only we had Banjo still. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if only I could. Well, they could. Wanted to make why we bought them. Uh, Forza Horizon <laughs> 4, released October 2nd, 2018, with a Metacritic score of 92. For the pass. Passes. Or it's a pass. We're now in the 2019, everybody. We're now in oh, 2019. Oh, man. We're getting juicy. I mean, we we passed it. It's a game that didn't come out, but is there anything to be said about Scalebound? And Phantom Dust? And Phantom Dust. Well, nothing to say about Phantom Dust. That was a fucking card game. Um, Scalebound, I, I think it's good. more so representative of the fact that, like, it was one of the few games that Xbox showed that showed any sort of ambition, and then they canceled that. I don't know if Scalebound would have been good, mm-hmm. but it represented what we all wanted out of Xbox, which was an actual attempt at a mm-hmm. at a AAA video game. There was the Fable game that got canceled too, right? Fable Legends? Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. You're right about that one yeah so many xbox one games got canceled yeah a lot of stuff just didn't make it out and they regretted you know what that did one. make it out though oh what's that crackdown 3 released it... february 15th 2019 with a metacritic score of 60 gentlemen do i even have to say it does not pass does not pass that but is terry cruz man what the fuck Gears 5, released September 10th, 2019, with a Metacritic score of 84. Gentlemen, does this game pass? I think it does. From everything I've heard, I I, I hear it's a pretty solid game. Mark? People say, I'm torn, because yes, people say they like it, but I think Gears 4 is a terribly boring franchise, and I do not know someone who worked on this one. So, I don't know. Kind of. Quantum Break, because you thought it was neat. Yeah, and then I, Gears Five, you're like it can burn. I do not think Gears is neat, though. So I, mean, I don't like Gears Four. I don't think any. I th- I've played all three of the original trilogy. I don't think any of them. I think at best they're like a seven. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand why people fell in love with them as much as they did. I think Gears has the worst character design I've ever seen in games. My least favorite, I'll say at least artistically, like just. It's I fucking hate looking at Gears of War. Every human in that game looks disgusting. Every single one. But 
I'm gonna say no. To, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna say it passes. Say no, I'm not letting it pass. It just feels like I just. It's gear. I don't know. It's gears. The gears fans do say it's really, really good. I have to. I will allow it to pass. I will say gears. Well, five one passes. day I'm just gonna skip gears four and I'm gonna play gears five, uh, because I I always liked gears, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this game at some point and give the definitive take of like. Yes, guys, it's good. Or no, guys, it's just kind of a boring retread. Games Club, guys. This would be interesting. Mark, you haven't no, played one through four, though. You have no idea what's going on. If That would be a really interesting move, though, if we did that. Even, even if Mark do doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, I'd be like, who's I, this Marcus Phoenix guy? This sucks. I hate this. I would do it. It is here on Game Pass on PC. I could play it free of charge. We Put can we can think about this. I'm I'm willing okay. to think about this. Let's we'll put a pin. Mark, in you're it. gonna have to look up like story. That's fine. I'm just I will look it all up once I roll credits. Awesome. All right, that's it for 2019, guys. Wow, it was what a just... terrible year for Xbox. What a terrible year. Surely they had. But but that that <laughs> summer presentation they had that was the one they really put it all together right in twenty nineteen is that a joke yes it's a joke okay good I was like please tell me he's not falling into old habits all right everyone we're into twenty twenty Ori in the will of the Ori in the will of the whispers thank you. Released March 11th, 2020, with a Metacritic score of 93. Yes, it passes. Say it. I, I said yes, it passes. I gave, I gave you one Ori pass, Peter. Do I have to give you another? Absolutely. I will give you the Ori pass. Ori passes. Needless to say, COVID-19 does not pass. No, it true. does not. Very true. Well, it passed through a lot of people. It sure did. And it killed them. Wow, that, Bleeding was, edge. that was just like <laughs> extremely blunt. <laughs> um, Bleeding Edge does not pass. I, I'm Bleeding curious edge. what the score is, but it does not pass. I don't Released even remember March 24th, what that game 2020 is. 2020 with a Metacritic score of 66. Gentlemen, does Bleeding Edge pass? What is Bleeding Edge? It was, I believe, a hero shooter from the developers of Hellblade. You are exactly correct. It was dead Damn. in a month. Like this was their Redfall. Let me see this bleeding edge. This name does not ring a bell. Oh, is this? Oh my god. Yeah, I do remember this. I do. That one was weird, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't pass. Okay. Yeah, no. Game, yeah, dead on arrival. Game's passed. Gears Tactics released April twenty eighth, twenty twenty, with a Metacritic score of eighty. Gentlemen, does this game pass? I say yes because I am actually a supporter of spinoffs of established franchises. I'm gonna vote that this game passes. James and I both played it. It's a very good tactics game. It is very good, but it just gets so 
absurd in its difficulty, and there is a format that holds the game back a lot where side missions become mandatory in between main missions. It's the worst part of the game. It's why James and I didn't beat it, because then the side missions became so difficult. And James, and I bo- James and I got to the exact same point in the game. Because there is just a collection of side missions you are forced that you have to do at least like two out of four or two out of five. And all of them are just kick your fucking balls in back into your body difficult. It's just like, I can't physically do this. I can't do this. And James and I both independently found out that we got stuck at the exact same point in the game and we could not progress anymore. But it is a fantastic game. I loved my time with it. I would have beaten it if not for that gameplay mechanic. I'm voted passes. It's a great game. What was the Metacritic score again? It was 80. See, I feel like I'm obligated to take your side on this one. For this was a game that was not on my radar. Microsoft Flight Simulator released August 18th, 2020 with a Metacritic score of 90. Gentlemen, does this game pass? Easy pass. It passes, but it's not a game. It's a simulator, it says. Yeah, but yeah, you know, well, you fucking idiot. I think it's fun to be had, and it where it's just like I'm gonna go fly to Epstein's Island in Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, uh, so you so yes. you knew where it was, Mark? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> people were doing it though. That's what I'm saying. Referencing. <laughs> hey. Um. Yeah. No, I remember when this came out. I I like downloaded it the day of because it's like wow, everyone's talking about this. I flew around for 30 minutes. I found my house. And then I deleted it. Did you fly into your house, though? I definitely crashed on my street. Okay, good. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I never tried it. Yeah, maybe maybe I could. Battletoads released August 20th, 2020 with a Metacritic score of 72. Gentlemen, this game, is it passing? Nope. What was the Metacritic again? 72. Hmm. I don't remember people talking about this one. Because all the Battletoads fans did not like this game. Oh. And I just... It's the kind of thing. I'm like, Microsoft, don't fuck this up. Why are you... I know it's a Microsoft. It was people who made it. And he, but it's like, come on. You have to excel at multiple genres. Like, it can't... I mean, I mean, they've been doing it up to this point. But looking throughout this entire it can't just be Forza. It can't just be Forza. Fuck. Um, yeah, the game doesn't pass. It was terrible. I also, I base this opinion on very little because I've never played a Battletoads game. But that just reeks of one of those franchises where it's like, I don't think it was as good as some of you are saying it was. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so, sometimes there's that those fringe franchises where everyone's like, oh yeah, I loved that when I was younger. Like, okay. Like, no, you didn't. Did you did you really love Battletoads? <laughs> it was the kind of thing where maybe it was really appreciated for its time. It hit at the right time and never, ever again would it have had the shot at hitting. So, you know, good for the first Battletoads for, for succeeding and thriving at a time where it could. But two, two does not pass. It does not pass. Guys, something I realized, there were, were there no first party launch titles? No, no. Awesome. Just Game great. Pass. Game oh, Pass. Game Pass. 
Game Pass. No, there's never a first party launch titles. Uh, there's there's been a few exclusive. PlayStation launch titles. has PlayStation had four, but the PS5 it had four. So well, that that was studios? Astro, that was Sackboy. It was Demon Souls and Miles. Oh yeah. Four fucking like just my god. We're now in the twenty twenty one, everybody. The should Psychonauts two count? Uh I think so. Um All right. It was multi platform, but I wasn't sure. They came I in put- and and actually the fact that Microsoft bought them like kinda saved the game. Alright, well then, Psychonauts 2 released August 25th, 2021 with a Metacritic score of 87. The 2021 BNY Game of the Year. Only an 87? I agree, it should have been so much higher. I was, I was shocked when I saw that. What a, what a, it's a detriment to that game. It deserves so much more. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest pass of the night, I think we can agree. I right? agree. This yeah. is not, see, this is a game that passes with no caveats. Pass. Right. Now, Ori the Will of the Wisp also does it, but it's just me doing that. But this is a push from all three of us. And and also, this is a good case of I I waver on how much I actually like the game, but I don't think anything about it is bad. I think it's a high quality game. Forza Horizon Five, November 9th, twenty twenty one, with a Metacritic score of ninety two. Forza Pass. Yep. And also, that game's great. Uh, I I've did actually play that. I one. played it. Yeah. Halo Infinite released December eighth, twenty twenty one, with a Metacritic score of eighty seven. Gentlemen, does this game pass? This passes with all of the caveats, because it's it, it's really good multiplayer, and also I I liked the campaign. I don't think the campaign is flawless by any means, but I still liked it. I, I, I'm gonna say it passes too, but it really does. Just the skin of its teeth. It really does blow my mind every time I really think that they just really dropped the ball so hard with this. Like this is probably one of the biggest ball drops, uh, they've ever had with supporting a game ever. I, well, actually, Master Chief. And it could have been a game that was more. This game was so important, mm-hmm. so important. Like, look at Mario Odyssey, look at God of War Ragnarok, and then look at this. And and ultimately, the the failure to land the plane with this game has pretty much destroyed 3 for 3. Uh, it seems like 3 yep. for 3 almost solely exists in name at this point, based on everyone that they've gotten rid of. I'm also going to say it passes because the multiplayer is really fucking good. It is really good, and the campaign was technically fun to like to maneuver and travel and fight in the world itself. But my God, the story could have been so much more, and it was nothing. It was nothing. The grappling hook was just that good to me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Especially when you got the shock ability, you started shocking brutes and leads, and just oh, so fun. That, like that's that that's world. the big reason why I always wanted to check it out again for Forge, because like. People have surely made some really cool game modes revolving all around that grappling hook. It's got to be there. I've never gone looking for it. I just assume people are doing that right now. 
They just have to be. It was too good. It was too much fun. There was so much possible, especially because you could just make you could just, just have game modes where you just have to like grapple all these plasma coils that are flying through the air, and that's all you have to fight each other with. Like that just sounds like so much fun. There's so much possibility there, but I don't hear people talking about it because so many people probably just gave up on the game. But I don't know. The blueprint was always there, and that's why this is such a fumble. And I will still give it a pass because at its core, there's still a really good game in there. 2022, gentlemen. Welcome. Nothing chaotic will happen in this year, surely. Hey, Russia, what are you doing with all those tanks? Grounded came out September 27th, 2022, with a Metacritic score of 82. Everyone, what do we think? Is it passing? Absolutely. Yeah, passes from everything I've heard. Yeah, sure. What about Scorn? Was that an Xbox exclusive? Not developed or published by them yet. Ah, okay. Pentiment, released November 15th, 2022, with a Metacritic score of 86. Gentlemen, this is the game that helped me win the league. Pass. Too high of a Metacritic score, but pass. Pass. 2023, because that's all that was last year. Hi-Fi Rush, January 25th, 2023, with a Metacritic score of 89. Pass. Gentlemen. I don't want to pass it. Absolutely fantastic game. It's my game of the year. My game of the year right here. I don't want... I I said I don't want to pass it. But I'm going to pass it. Why don't you want to? Because I just don't like how it looks. What what the fuck are you talking about? You just... You played Hollow Knight. You looked like... You went for a walk. You looked at, like, the bottom of your shoe. And you made it into an art style. That's what Hollow Knight is. Just know that I gave Quantum Break a pass, but didn't want to give Hi-Fi Rush a pass. But I, but also give it a pass because just know that I spit in your great. fucking eyes. That's what you just said to me. I gave Ori a pass, Peter. This is different, right? Like it's a civil duty, like something you had to do. And oh my god, Hi-Fi Rush is my game of the year. I love this game so much. It's so good. It's one of the best. Again, the third best game Xbox has put out, especially after looking this list. This is the third best game they made. And finally, the bell of the ball, the hot girl at prom, the one that everyone just can't seem to stop talking about. Redfall, released May 2nd, 2023, and as of this moment, has a Metacritic score of 62. Gentlemen, does this game pass? Well, you see, the problem is... A lot of the games we've given a pass before, they got better later on. So, is it fair for us to yes. not pass the game? Yes, it, it, it is fair. fair. It is fair. Um, and also, the the fact that all of those secondary additions continually had to be made is embarrassing, I think. And, uh, I don't know, like... If you look into this game at all, what could they possibly fix unless they made it an entirely different game through patches? This isn't a game unless to they the made service. It something it, unless they made it something it completely isn't, it's not going to be good. Yeah, no. I, uh, this game I, does not pass. I'm only halfway through it because it's long, but uh, I've started watching the skill-up review of it, and he typically doesn't break things down this way. But he literally does straight like, now I am going to talk about the missions of Redfall. 
uh, now I'm going to talk about the gameplay and everything he points out. It's just like, oh my god, I can't believe they made a game like this. And it always looked bad. We all knew yeah. it always looked bad, and we wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Gentlemen, I'm going to go over the final list of all the games that passed. Forza Motorsport 5. <laughs> just, say, just, say, just say starting with 5 through to 7, and then Horizon is 3, three through 5. Forza is out of the way. I just assumed you were going to list off Forza for like two minutes. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, we can. Well, again, all Forza, Killer Instinct, Sunset Overdrive, Master Chief Collection, Ori and the Blind Forest, Rare Replay, Quantum Break, Halo Wars 2, Sea of Thieves, Gears 5, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Gears Tactics. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Psychonauts 2. Halo Infinite. Grounded. Pentiment. And Hi-Fi Rush. Gentlemen, that has been Does This Game Pass? So, my count there, non-Forza games, there were 17 but I'm going to say minus two because two of those games were collections of previously made games that were good. So over the last 10 years, that's how many games that have the BNY seal of approval. When you put it that way, maybe I want to take my quantum break vote back, actually. We can do it. I think I uh, do Oh, it. okay, yeah. I actually kind of agree with that, so... Let's say minus collections minus Forza. We're at fourteen. Um, the one thing I will say is that we were higher on more recent efforts than we were. Ground Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush. One. There you go. And and Halo Infinite and. While it's Forza, Forza Horizon 5 was... Psychonauts 2. Still a very good game. And Psychonauts 2. So, like, is it a little bit recency bias that we're this mad at them? I mean, like, I want to say no, because we could put... If we did, like, a PlayStation and Nintendo list as well, like, I would, it would the scales would be... Tilted in one it's direction. It's every fucking game that they put out is a pass. Every like nearly every fucking one, Owen. Which maybe that's just something to say about how good the other guys are, not necessarily how bad Xbox are. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, let's let me give you a list of PS of just oh, PS5 I, so I, far. I like, actually I I have what I think is a more interesting question. No offense. Okay. Oh God. Minus Hi-Fi Rush, would Days Gone be the second most interesting Xbox IP? Oh my god. Oh god. Um, Psychonauts? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, like, like, Days like, Gone. No, uh, like, uh, I guess I phrased it wrong. Not, yeah. not, like... Of recent releases that aren't of 
the Forza and Halo variety. And we gears. unanimous and gears. We unanimously well, Mark doesn't, but Hi-Fi Rush objectively like that's a win. They got a win there. People seem to like it. I can't deny it. Plug, are we considering plug, Pentiment and Grounded wins or no? We are, but as far as like excitement level, like tr- the AAA efforts, like Grounded and Pentiment aren't AAA efforts. They don't efforts. have legs. People are going to forget about them if they haven't already. Um, But you plug Days Gone in this conversation. Do we then think that Days Gone is this like super positive game for Xbox? I have to think on this. That's a very interesting question. Mark, where are you at? I'm not sure either. I I think I think we do talk about it like it's interesting. Uh I mean I would say I mean if it is like frame for frame the, the exact same game under Xbox's umbrella. I definitely think I have it has my attention a bit more. I'm like, wow, they're really taking the Sony approach here for a cinematic kind of game. If they had a trailer that wasn't like full on cinematic and like Xbox tried to sell it like it is an Xbox game, I feel like it would then blend in to all the noise that they've ever done before because Days Gone is not the most like the most aesthetically creative looking kind of game and it would just blend into its catalog. I think because the only reason it was staying out is because it looks like it has that Sony coat of paint, uh, Sony coat of paint. That is the cinematic aspect of it. Peter. You know, when you're in a desert and you haven't drink in days, you might find this this disgusting polluted water. But it's water. So it's that much more amazing. That would be days gone on the Xbox platform. Like this is it great water? No. But you look around, there's not much else to compare it to. And you need water. So I think it would be a lot more appreciated on the Xbox platform where people are a lot more hungry for a big single player narrative, like big triple A games. <laughs> I just have this concept now of PlayStation and Xbox talking to each other. And it's like, you know, if, if you don't do Activision Blizzard, like we'll just give you days gone. Please. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Um, I just want Xbox to be better and this whole segment has been very fun but also has just been showing of like oh my god other than Halo Gears 4 it's like you have damn near and again Ori there will not be a new Ori I can tell you that there will not be another Ori as much as I love them that franchise is done and I mean, the, there was a like a bad story that came out about that studio, even though exactly. That, so, if God knows if they'll even work with them again. There, well, Microsoft has just said, I'm pretty sure they're on the record of not going to work with them again. But like that studio still exists, and I have a hunch. I think their next game is probably going to be pretty good. Well, no matter yeah, what, Moon Studio, because they've they figured out how to make two games the quality of Ori. I think they can figure out how. To make another high quality game so there we go they had a good partner 
that was actually making uh or they had i guess a complicated partner but they were actually making good video games and now they're no longer working with them um like over 10 years 10 years we could count what you said 14 uh yes that weren't forza yes or or a collection PlayStation 5 has like seven or eight already. Three years. One platform. One platform. That's well, yeah, because pretty much every game they release passes. But yeah, they're all good to fantastic. Like, there are, like, again, like we were talking about earlier, like, I would put, like, if this was a PlayStation version, I would say Sackboy A Big Adventure passes, but I wouldn't have to include caveats. You know, like, it's a, it's a good. 3D platformer. It doesn't have any mortal sins. There's no massive baggage to that game. I would be able to comfortably say that game passes with no hangups. We couldn't say that for several of the game, like several of the 14 that passed. We couldn't say that for like, fucking half of them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what the fuck? I think the final conversation to have, uh, and we can really only have it so much, but. Uh, the the bringing into question of like is Phil Spencer actually the guy? I think is warranted. I I'm starting to see some people ask that on Twitter, and I'm getting I'm seeing like you're seeing like other Xbox personalities like what a ridiculous thing to say. Phil's amazing. It's like I like Phil Spencer quite a bit. Whenever he's on stage or he's talking in a conference, I do get like, oh, fuck, hey, it's Phil, guys, it's Phil. It's just, I feel like, okay, this is going to be great. He's he's able to fill me with confidence. He is amazing. It looked, uh, bring, he, Phil Spencer can make shit look like a steak dinner. I could believe him if you were trying to sell me on that. He's so good at that. But then he walks away and you know, you don't smell his cologne anymore and the lights come down and the hype leaves and you're like, what does that smell? And you're like, oh God, it's just shit. <laughs> and that's what, that's just so much of the last decade of Xbox has been whenever Phil's not selling it and you're left to your own devices with it. It's just like, Phil, this is uh, the super lucky's tale, isn't it, Phil? No matter how much you say it is. I mean, that was at the time when they didn't, you know, own a bunch of studios and they were losing the race at that point. So I can't blame Phil for that point. He he was playing a losing game. He was playing with Don Matrick's hand, you know, making moves where he could at the time. And he's definitely climbed out, you know, like once we hit Game Pass, like I, like I'm, you know, a broken record with this, but like Game Pass was that big of a deal. And it's it still now. I did like I think I'd like to think it is. Um, but they the, the over at Xbox, they've decided like they don't really need to win the console race this generation. They just need to sell as many people their service on as many platforms. If you just so happen to buy the box, sure. Uh cool. That's the way you're playing these games. Xbox has uh made my life a lot easier, truthfully. I remember back in that 360 PS3 generation, I was torn. I wasn't sure which of these consoles I was going to have to get. You know, I could only get one, and I did want both of them. And I haven't had to worry about that since, because I know I just need one of these. I don't need the other one. And right now, I can just reap the best benefits on PC without owning an Xbox device. And Xbox 
seems comfortable with that. Maybe they shouldn't be. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like where Xbox is losing, I'm only winning. So that's that's my ultimate feelings with where they're at. I don't think I necessarily blame Phil. I think Microsoft is just so big uh, that it is hard to manage everything. I think it isn't necessarily Phil, but the people around Phil. And surely the Activision Blizzard deal will help with that so much. Yes, of course. Um, I want to be excited for this godforsaken platform again, and they've done so much to make me not. And I've just lost hope. So do I. Uh, the, the last thing I'll say about the leadership of Phil and how everything has gone under him is that there has to be a balance of, like, hands off, let creators do what they want to do, but also being, like, you know, you got to kind of be, like, a gatekeeper of quality in that even if the meetings would have been uncomfortable and people wouldn't have wanted to hear it, like, if someone came in some of the Redfall rooms and started saying, like, guys, like, this isn't working. This looks horrible. And it also sounds like a bad idea. Then maybe we wouldn't have had Redfall. And that would have been the right thing. Um, I wonder how much... I mean, Arcane, not known for multiplayer... And this game does not seem to be at its core a very arcane game. I can't help but wonder was this something they wanted to do or something they were pushed into doing? And they obviously this was not their kind of game. That's what I I, I wonder if we will get a story behind this game and get the truth behind like yeah, what, what so Arcane's feelings were. Then then that brings up the question of uh, maybe it's not the Xbox's hands off. Maybe they're the ones guiding the ship in the wrong direction. Which that mm-hmm. would that would be the worst case scenario if we if we got that impression. I wouldn't be surprised. I I don't think Redfall would have been an Xbox kind of thing because I feel like the Bethesda deal happened. Th- this was the one more thing. The first E3 that Bethesda and Microsoft came together You're like, right. officially. So this game must have been in pre-production before then. And this is, we got to think of what Bethesda was like in mid late 2010s where they were putting out uh, some Elder Scrolls multiplayer games with Blaze and they had the card game. ESO was a whole thing. Fallout 76 was a thing. They were trying to pump out these multiplayer-esque games versions of their own stuff so i and even arcane some of their stuff up building up to it is like slightly multiplayer it's like hey there was like a wasn't prey they had a dlc that was multiplayer right uh no Moon crash no it was not not it was multiplayer. not okay well death loop is the closest thing we get to that then and that's pvp and i wouldn't be surprised if bethesda was just trying to push them like why don't you try this though yeah so that's I, if I'm to blame anyone, I want to say it was a decision from Bethesda at the time. But still, e- even if there's some level of like sunk cost fallacy, it's like just look at the game and realize it's not going to work. I feel I feel like it would have been really easy, even in development where where you're supposed to you're supposed to give games the benefit of the doubt because things aren't complete, but. 
just, I don't know. I, I feel like you would have been able to sniff this one out pretty easy. I mean, maybe Arcane wanted to be done with it. Maybe they were they had invested too much into it to turn back into it. Maybe Xbox really wanted to see them try to finish it. Uh, and maybe Xbox could have given them the time to be like, hey, we could give you the time to turn this into something you actually want it to be if this really wasn't able to be that vision. But then we'd be back at square one of the dominoes are lining up. They're giving Arcane the time that they need to release this game. And it, it would just be another another spin of the long game. I don't know. I don't know if that's a win. Maybe it would be a win. Maybe it will eventually actually be a win. But like we said before, a bit delusional. All right. I think we've covered just about everything we can cover here for the state I of Xbox 2023. One, I think there's one last question we could end on. Okay. Looking to the future, considering we're talking about the state of this. Is there something at Xbox's showcase in June, which was announced today as of recording. Can they show anything there that would maybe persuade us, intrigue us to think, Fuck, maybe they've got a grasp on this. I just, I how many times, and I'm obviously more, this doesn't want to do what anybody's like, it's May, you know, it's, I know E3's dead, but it's, we're still, people our age and older and maybe a bit younger are always going to call this E3 season. We're entering E3 season. We have this fucking conversation every year and we have for probably the last decade. I don't know anymore. Like, just, I don't know what I want. Show me something and make me want it. That's all I can say at this point. I don't have any advice. I don't have any hopes. I don't have any predictions. I'm just like, show me games that you made for an hour and a half that I want to play. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. all you have to do. And I know I make it sound like it's a simple task. I know it's not. But my God, we're going to have a PlayStation 5 showcase later this month as well, probably. And I am ready for my fucking socks to get blown off. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm ready. And, you know, a a great example of what, what we want, I think, is the showcase where PlayStation showed off Horizon Zero Dawn. We didn't know we wanted Horizon Zero Dawn. We didn't know the studio making it was capable of making a game like it. But then they showed it, and it looked really good. And we have our varying opinions on Horizon, but again... It would have passed. Uh, without question, it would have passed. Yeah, without question. Um, uh, That's another one. Plug that into Xbox. We're, we're talking about it like it's one of the greatest games ever. Um... Be, because the expectations do matter. Um, it's it's not that the flaws of Horizon would have suddenly g- gone away. It's that it would have been this like monolithic figure within the catalog of Xbox. Um, I'm not just gonna play Fable. Uh, sight unseen, like. You actually have to show me that that's a game I want to play. Or, um, when Perfect it, Dark. Oh, well, Perfect Dark is a disaster. That's not going to work out. 
State of Decay 3. Uh, but hey, guess what? They can show me that State of Decay 3 is a worthwhile game to play. I won't believe them myself. But like, it's possible. It's a, it's a game that has kind of been like pitched on the fact that it has pretty cool systems that seemingly just don't exactly work in the best ways. If they can show that like things are finally clicking in a gameplay showcase, then I'm willing to give them a chance. Um, and then, I mean, I, I guess all I want, I want avowed. Uh, no, What's... no, because that, that game might as well not exist until we see it again. Um, I think Starfield will be good. I'm pretty sure. And it kind of needs to be good. Now, how I, are we not absolutely certain? How the fuck are we not confident that game's going to well, be good? How did we get here? Todd Howard's going to talk to us on be, June 11th. Because they mm-hmm. they need a showcase that that shows us that it is good. And even though uh I I think Fallout 4 was almost hurt by the expectations that were set by how well they showed it. But like Fallout 4 is is a game that would pass. Fallout 4 is a good game. I think there are many things that make it not great, but it would definitely pass. Um Good video games look good more often than not. So Put that on a fucking bumper sticker. So if we get to this Starfield Direct and we're still kind of thinking, oh, this not sold, but it'll probably be good when we're playing it, then then that's a bad sign at this point. Alarm's going off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really bad sign. And that is a game I'll be there day one no matter what. Even, even if the reviews come out and they're bad, I'm still going to try it for myself. But uh, it should look good at this point. That's all I got, though. I'm, I'm, I think I'm tapped out on Xbox at this point. I think all I could ask for... I'm the one who wants the least from Xbox. I'm the one who's the most content, but I have the least... Uh, the, the smallest investment in Xbox, the platform, all that. The only thing I could ask for is maybe a Pentiment, a Hi-Fi Rush that really speaks to me from a developer, and it relaunches then, and I can play it on Game Pass. And more promise that Starfield is going to be very cool because that's my relationship with Xbox. It really, it really just comes down to what's on Game Pass this week or this month, and they just keep uh, keep it up. I'll be content. Sure, I want to see them do more. I'd like to see the bigger uh, titles kind of make a wave. I'd like to see them drop something really huge that's kind of substantial. But uh, consistency with Game Pass is really I'll I could keep asking for it from them, and that's it. Peter, any final thoughts? I love Xbox so much. I want them to succeed. I want them. I want there to feel like this real sense of competition and not from who's buying which game developer, but from game versus game. 
I want us, I want that energy to go back in the air of when we used to watch the E3s in the mid 2010s when Xbox was on Sunday, PlayStation was on Monday night, Nintendo was Tuesday morning, and you could compare game to game to game and see which of them seemed like they were giving you a more full experience on their platform. I want that. But right now, it just seems like PlayStation and Nintendo are just at their peak on their... Just success after success after success. And both have such exciting, bright futures that we aren't... Like, again, there's like... There's going to be a whole next phase of PlayStation first-party games. So many games we worked on, we don't know what they are. They could be anything. Sky's the limit. We have no idea what the future is. Nintendo, we only know, like, after Tears of the Kingdom... Mark, are any of the first-party games coming out this year on Nintendo? Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4. And then it's clearly, again, I mean, all signs are pointing to the next uh, next hardware is coming next year. I fully believe that. I, I All signs are pointing to that. So we have the next phase of PlayStation 5 coming, the next generation of Nintendo on the very near horizon. We're probably going to start learning about that next year. And then Xbox, it's just a mountain of excuses as to why things aren't what they could be. Over and over again. All the games you just talked about, Avowed, State of the K3, uh, Fable, Perfect Dark. We've been talking about these games for three years. What the fuck is going on? And the people who are still making excuses for this, you can keep doing that as much as you want. It's not going to change the fact that the situation is dire. Everyone knows it's dire. If you don't think it is, you have your fucking head in the sand. It is dire over at Xbox. And anyone who's still trying to act like things are hunky-dory, you are doing a disservice to Xbox if you act like everything that's happened so far is fine. If you are enjoying it, that is okay. But to say that everything is fine, you are wrong. That would be my closing statement. All right. This has been BNY Gaming Podcast, episode 101. Thank you for joining us. Bye, everyone. Adios, everybody.